welcome to Have Movies Will Game, the only podcast on the globe where we take you, our friendly listener, to the best and worst movies of yesterday and today, and then discuss ways that you can play them at your gaming table. But the fun doesn't stop there, no sorry. Every few episodes, our intrepid hosts, Matthew, Dusty, and Nathaniel, will ask you, the listener, to vote on which movie they will play as an RPG, recorded in video and in glorious black and white, and brought to you through the electronic wonder of the internet. Now, let's start the show! Should we do this? Should we, should we do this? I think we should. I think it's we should. time for the intro! <laughs> I have to follow that. You Hi, do. I'm Matthew! And I'm <laughs> Dusty. And I'm Nathaniel. And we have two very special guests with us in the studio today. <laughs> I'm Cranny from Turtle Power Pod. And I'm Bassam from Turtle Power Pod. We're both from Turtle Power Pod! That's right! (laughs) And they both like the Ninja Turtles, because this week is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie from 1990. As if there was any others. Well, there are some remakes. I mean, uh, Casey Jones is basically yeah. Eddie Vedder in this movie, right? Essentially. Oh, God, that's right. <laughs> I kept wanting him to sing oh alive the whole time. Oh, God, I can't get that song out of my head now. <laughs> Just him swinging Rafa, that yes, cricket. <laughs> no, well, welcome, mean, when, guys. When, welcome. When, when, when Thank you, when, you for having us. Oh, yeah. When, when you hear his voice, though, <laughs> when you hear his voice, it's like, my name's Casey Jones, your purse grabbing pukes. And I mean, it, it sounds like Eddie it's Vedder. It's very 1990s grunge. Yeah, yeah Eddie Vedder. We're, really we're used to the animated show, so it's literally it's Clint like, Eastwood. Rip yeah, off. it's like, prepare to make my day, you fucking bitches. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's more like Wolverine. I mean, like uh, the, the X-Men oh, yeah. Wolverine. I'm so, best at what I do. So yeah. your podcast is all about the animated show. What do you do? So we watch <laughs> the uh, classic 1980s Ninja Turtles cartoon and then talk I love about that show. It, yeah, <laughs> it's a piece of shit. Much better than the movie. Oh, the movie is so no. The movie no. Way the movie is better. not. This, the movie is wait, wait, miles ahead. This movie is better. This yes. movie is way better than yeah. I really uh, liked the one from 2009, TMNT. Me too. The yeah. CGI I one. I know it got really bad yeah, reviews. Yeah, the CGI. I, didn't get it. I think the I CGI is okay. It. I didn't yeah. watch it. It got I, bad I like reviews from people that I don't think were actually Ninja Turtles fans. Yeah, I, I don't get so why did people hate this that. one. But I'm assuming Dusty's going to get into that. Yeah, there's there's some there's some little gems that I mined for this movie. So but, I do uh, have a really fast. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit more about your uh, your podcast? All right, yeah. So it's called Turtle Power Pod, and me and Cranny here, um, we basically watch every episode in order, and then we talk about it for an hour, hour and a half. <laughs> uh, most of it tangents, most of it bullshit skits that we kind of think up and, and uh, doing, the, doing the interim between sound clips from the show, but... Typically, it's just us shitting on it for about an hour. <laughs> yes, it's, unfortunately, the the animated show is not how you remember it. It's not very good. When, how I we remember, remember it this, fondly. This so. movie was not. Oh, how we remembered, I remembered it, it fondly. Oh yeah, right. remembered being the keyword. It's not good. So, it's real bad. It's 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 all a marketing ploy to get kids to beg their parents to spend money on GI Joes oh, and Transformers. Transformers basically. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Do you have plans to take it beyond the initial eighties? And if you manage to there make was your a podcast lot of those going, so there's a hundred and ninety three. There's a hundred and ninety three episodes. <laughs> We're about halfway through, right? <laughs> We're oh no, we are not. We're like a third through. We're about so, a third through. <laughs> I remember maybe five episodes of that from my childhood. The and first five, the only Kang, good five. N- the only good ones. Oh, I remember all the little jokes. 
Netflix, but the episodes specifically that I remember, I had... Okay, so again, we talked about Gadget prior. Mm-hmm. I had the biggest crush on wow. Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa's pretty hot. She's yep. pretty hot, yeah. She's pretty hot. She's only in like she's two only episodes. only in one episode. We, we, oh, one episode. We, we, we haven't even gone to her. Episode. We yeah. haven't gone to her yet, but she's tur- but she's part a big part of the comics. Well, who's the, really? wo- who's the woman ninja oh, wow. that we were introduced to? Um, so it's not Karai, it's Lotus. It's Lotus, yeah. Before Karai existed in the cartoon. Oh man, we're getting deep. Um, in <laughs> in the well, cartoon, I haven't even in the movie yet. <laughs> yeah, for two episodes in the cartoon, there is a uh, woman that Raphael's inter- or Leonardo is interested in called the Lotus. Correct. She's like a super awesome ninja. Is she a turtle? Right? She is not. She's no, a human. she's a yeah, a regular and woman. She's not even part of the Foot Clan or anything, right? And. There are thoughts that she is the motivation for Karai from the comics, because Lotus actually showed up first. Oh. And this is super geeky, but Karai is like the love interest mostly for... Where Mona Lisa is like the tough chick that that Raphael loves. I know. I was um, on a Raphael fan. She's one yeah. of the few well-written characters uh, that's female in the cartoon. The Literally the only one. Lotus? Yeah, <laughs> if you are into women's rights at all, don't... Pay attention to any female in the Ninja Turtles cartoon. Until? Until this character. Until right? Lotus. For oh, one sure. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, one episode. <laughs> For one episode, there's a reprieve. Yeah. That's the early 90s. Yeah, that was... Uh, Different yeah. times. Different that, that's times. when the writers went, well, we'll throw them a bone. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. the shows were marketed towards boys and girls were icky. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. April. Yeah. The whole movie was that way, too, pretty much. Even the stance of those early toys, though. I mean, those were human painted green, basically. Yeah, they were. They yeah. really the were. Legged. Except yep. for the Usagi Ojimbo toy, which was articulated. Yeah. Because all the fans of the comics, uh, they did it to please the fans of the comics so that you could actually take the toy and then pose it yeah. in ways that he could hold the sword with both hands. And do the cool stances. I have it. It's I awesome. I always hold my sword with both hands. That's a pro tip for you at home. If you hold it with I one hand, do you're one above and loser. one like way below. That's just me, though. Effing. Why did I say effing? <laughs> you're a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> so those of you that haven't seen the movie, it is came out in 1990 as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And if you haven't seen this movie, leave. Leave. Go watch no, it. No, I'm fine. You don't have to watch this movie. Yeah. This movie's fucking horrible. What? what? Yeah, I'm sorry. What? I, I could not... Hey, Dusty, Dusty, this moment, how you feel right now... Is about how you feel about Valerian? Is is, is, is how I feel every time I defend a villain on this podcast. (laughs) Everyone's screaming. that's fair. Okay, that's fair. You you wait, you wait. No, because dudes and dudettes, Major League butt kicking is back in town, and it's Uh, coming for Dusty. (laughs) So it's based off the comic book of the same name. It was released on March 30th, 1990, and the film presents the origin story of Splinter and the Turtles, their initial meeting between them, April O'Neil, Casey Jones, and their first confrontation with the Shredder. I just like to say that comic book. A oh, plus. the comic Fucking book. A plus. Okay, wait, no, no, okay, let me. Okay, let me. Hardcore. Yeah. The this comic movie is a love letter. Just to the comic. Hang fans. on. The comic book I loved. See, that's exactly how it feels. It's I yeah. love the comic book. Defended. I actually, I yes. actually love the animated series. This movie, I couldn't. I tried. I rewatched it yesterday. I tried rewatching it today. I could not get past the same point. That was when they get to the farmhouse. I had to shut it off at that Why? point. What? Why? I just, it was, that's like the Casey's got part. his moves. That's, it was, the, that's oh, all the character growth God, right it was, there. There was, there was such bad acting. I mean, what? it was horrible. What the fuck? Were there facial expressions? That's the first time as a child. That's I, the first time I ever cried for a legitimate emotional oh, reason. Oh, my God. God. Their, their whole commune with, with Splinter. Oh, the ghost my Splinter. God. Ah. 
even last night as an adult, I was like, a little misty. Maybe it was because I know how misty. Maybe it was because I know how much was actually cut from that point on in the movie, but that didn't help the script at all. But I just everything up to that point, I was just like, oh god, just fucking shoot me now. And now I do know how you feel, and I'm going to apologize right now. I'm going to say something. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You have said this in former episodes. are Are you saying that you were wrong, Dusty? I know when I can admit that. Both well, of you have I, said I think, this. No, I, I think Are you, you admitting admit it, though? For the record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Matthew would like a formal written apology. <laughs> Matthew would probably like a formal hand job, but he's not going to get it either. A formal a hand formal job? Formal hand <laughs> job. What is that, pinky out? <laughs> Both of Where you have said this. <laughs> I'm going I'm to stab someone because it's my turn. Both I'm of not you have even said done this yet. in former episodes. This huh. is my turn. What you got? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> But, so um, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Well, yeah, I, I admit, I, I uh, yeah, I admit it. Okay, fine. If um, I can make one point, one. I feel like. Can you do it in the Rick voice? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, Cranston, I'd really like to know your point. <laughs> uh, I don't know about this, Morty. The problem is uh, you haven't been watching the sh- the animated show like we have. And, you know, I think it's reasonable that you don't like the movie as an objective opinion. But, Morty, you know, some people have to sit through and watch every fucking animated episode, and they're fucking atrocious. Yeah, you don't oh, know how good you got it. And sometimes the movie, you know, it's about a million times better. That sounds so real I think bad, it's, I think it's all about perspective. Oh, I think your perspective's fucking warped, man. Oh, no. <laughs> That was awesome. Thank you. (laughs) I would like to note that uh, we are drinking heavily throughout this. Yeah, we we really are. What um, are we drinking, Matthew? Old Granddad bottled in Bond bourbon whiskey. And uh, they God's bourbon. Our guests have old German premium lager. Hell yeah, five forty nine six pack tall boys. And I have I have uh, my Malibu coconut rum because I'm I'm like that. Yeah, you also don't like this movie, so (sighs) I have taste. It's all. Mm. I do, do you feel like it's all about <laughs> shots, shots, shots of coconut rum. I have burn. a point to make. You know what? I don't Gentlemen. even agree with you, but that was a sick burn. Bob. Uh, that was a sick burn. But might I say, just saying, shots of coconut flavored Malibu rum have are, are not good. I, I, do I like not that. do that. No, I do them all the time. Kids, I go ahead OGD and to that thank you very much. Kids, go so, ahead and break into your kids uh, into your dad's liquor uh, closet and see me, if he has that. No, all right, go. so going into this movie, we have the cast. So we have Judith Hogue as April O'Neil. Hot she stuff. was did a lot, tons of TV bits through her entire career. Can we career. talk about her short shorts for a Hang second? On, we'll get to all that. We better. Uh, and Those then, but she was also nice. most notably in Cadillac Man with Robin Williams. Oh yeah, and then also played Chick's wife in Armageddon. If you oh, guys that's right. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Guys. So, okay, so what would her alignment be? We we always go into the alignments of the characters. I oh, would say neutral good. Neutral good. Matthew? I had her as chaotic good because she did some strange things that, what? I would, I would that were unlawful. I agree. I don't know. With she was committed to fighting crime. Oh, that, that's one thing, yeah. but not a huge proponent of law. I Such disagree. A- I think that. Neutral good is a great ranking for her because she never committed like an act against another person. She hit that guy when she was hiding in the rafters with a pool cue. The, that was so you good mean when the Mikey like, keeps directing her. He's like, a Bunk. child, a child led astray. 
<laughs> oh, come on. A yeah, child that's go, trying to try not physically harm people. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Matthew's chaotic. I, the reason I'm going with neutral is because I feel that she's kind of there in the middle. The reason I'm going with neutral is because Casey Jones and Raphael are chaotic good. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll get to them. We'll get <laughs> <Yeah>. to them. <laughs> uh, what what about you? I don't know, Cranston. man. I hadn't <laughs> thought about this until you just asked, and I've been drinking. So go with your gut. Go with my gut. Oh God. Okay. We're gonna do this through each character, just so you know. I'm gonna say that April is good, and I guess I'm gonna go with. Uh, I get probably chaotic. All right. Fair enough. Uh, then we have Elias Cotius Cotes, who played Casey Jones. Uh, he also was in a lot of TV bits, but is also credited in Shutter Island. Dancing at the Blue Iguana, which is a good Sandra O oh movie. If you guys ever get a chance, it's an HBO movie. Sandra O? Oh? Yeah, she's on Grey's Anatomy. Or was. I don't know. Grey's what? Whatever. Oh, it's don't the pretend most, you don't know. The most I've never seen an episode okay. of the show. Yeah, but you know what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know what it is. He was also an apt pupil. Isn't that like the OC, but just with... My no, favorite uh, pupil. Who was he an apt pupil? Apt pupil uh, Gandalf. I forget. His, for some reason, I'm blanking on his real Ian name. Ian McCullen. Thank you. Yes, it was just based off a Stephen King novella. Yeah, I, I saw apt pupil. Who okay. was he in that? Uh, he was the Nazi. Oh, the Nazi. And it goes quiet for two seconds. <laughs> Elias Coates. What? Elias Coates. Oh, oh, I thought you meant Gandalf. No, because I, I was like, Gandalf I, was <laughs> the Nazi. Well, the ex Nazi. Uh, I forget what Elias Coates was. You didn't know was. that about him, did you? And Hobbits. then he was also in. Uh, it was probably just Casey Jones again. <laughs> probably. <laughs> he was this uh, is the punishment. For but he Nazis. just beat up Nazis with hockey sticks. And They're then taking was, the hobbits to Isengard. <laughs> And then he was also in Tucker, the Man in His Dreams. Oh, I remember that. Is one. that yeah. the sequel to Tucker and Dale versus Evil? No, that was no. the car one. That was the car one with Jeff Bridges. Never Jeff saw Bridges. It. Dude Tucker and Dale was way better. Dude, where's my Tucker? <laughs> <laughs> so what would what would Casey Jones' Kinda, alignment yeah. be? Chaotic good. Chaotic good. That he's a vigilante. Matthew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cranston. I think he's got a code. So I would probably say like uh, lawful neutral. I I was gonna say lawful neutral. Interesting. Hmm. Because of the code? Because of the code. Yeah, he's yeah. very particular, but he is he's first to strike. He is definitely not a self-defense kind of guy. He could be lawful good. He has like this no. air about him. Like, no, he's like, because he I doesn't listen to reason. fuck about things. No, because I think that's a oh, you No, know, you're right. You're right. That's a character trait, not an alignment trait. You're right. He follows a set of laws, and he is good. But if anyone goes against him, he immediately is against that person. Well, that, that's true. He also, l- l- hold on. L- let's take it this way, though. He he works entirely outside the law. But which I think what doesn't necessarily that. have to be the local law. He has his own law. law. It's his own yeah. code. I think but he that's has. Why his, I'm it's thinking not like he's neutral. the fucking Punisher. I mean. Well, no. Punisher would be lawful neutral, absolutely. Oh, okay, maybe lawful neutral because Casey Jones is basically the Punisher version, but without the. Guns. He's a copy of the Punisher. I feel like Casey in the Jones in the comic have... books. Okay, in the comics, yeah. I thought you, I'm staying with the movie. Now the with comics, the movie, he's with. trying to be close to the comics, so I'd still say for the universe he exists in, it's lawful neutral. I feel I, like he acts more that. ridiculous yeah. than he actually feels inside. Like he's got this like machismo that he has to get out, but I feel like. When you actually boil him down to his core, he absolutely has a code that he has to follow. Especially in the cartoon. He's a lot more... He's kind of quippy and for Lawful, yeah. though. You know, for Neutral, though, he is... Lawful he is, is not boring. He is really compelled to go help them out on the rooftop when he sees Raph getting his ass That's true. Yeah, That's that very true. true. Yeah. 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 He seems very focused on helping these people. He doesn't All right, I can know. accept that. Okay. Yeah. Then we have Corey Feldman, who voiced Donatello. 
who, as we all know, was in those eight those those great movies of the eighties. Goonies, Stand By Me, The Lost Boys. Fucking love that guy. And Dream a Little Dream. There's some movies you recognize, finally. (laughs) (laughs) I remember... Hang on, hang on. Most of the cast (laughs) in this movie, except for Donatello... All worked in TV and like nothing yeah. but TV, and this was like their first major. Well, I mean, outing. it was practically yeah. Shakespeare. I can't believe they didn't I, get A-list actors. This is yeah. one of the reasons why I didn't like it. Uh, but yeah, okay. So we Corey Feldman, Matthew. Right, we're, we're gonna have to have this out about the, the you didn't like it thing. Yeah, this is like this is, this is like the generation after mine's. This is their big okay. trouble in Little China. This is my. This is, this a is not big trouble in Little China. Oh, I could draw like sixteen parallels. Okay. Okay. You know how we could. You know how big of a tangent we can go off on this, and how much outtake this would be. (laughs) We just had a four way. Oh, get the four way -way fist bump. Oh, we got a four way morning. Can I? Can I say something real quick? Sure. Sure, Bossum. It's Bassum. Oh, Bassum. Sorry. No, that's fine. Say it right or get out. Yeah. (laughs) Get out of my house. Listen. This is our house. What I was gonna say. Mm -hmm. This movie is like a love letter to the cartoon. And bringing it back to its adult roots, right? And because of that, I think there's a lot of things that, when you're watching it, don't really, might not resonate with you, but I think has a lot of, like, fuck what people think. We want to make the fans of the comic book happy again. Yeah. I can get that. I mean, I appreciate the movie. I just... Okay, so I'm a big fan of shitty movies like The Scorpion King okay. and Scorpion King Parts 2, 3, and so the, 4. The so Scorpion King is one of my favorite movies. No, I know, but most everyone I yeah. know thinks it's like one of the worst movies ever well, made sure. on the planet. Sure. So it's as a kid, too. I loved this movie. I mean, this yeah. was a great movie as a kid. As an adult rewatching it, yes, there, there are some scenes where I'm like, oh, that was great. That was a well-done scene. It had some humor to it, had some emotional depth to it. But I think just a lot of the the scripting, the screenwriting on it, because of the whole entire team that was on it that came from working in TV only, I think there was a lot that was lost. Do you? And I do they... a lot of the and, and these guys know. I I look at more of a lot of the technical stuff. So I think it just it was less. Plus, all the fucking product placement. Yeah. was so much more over. It was almost on the level of Josie and the Pussycats. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. We also have Josh Payas, who's the voice of Raphael. He and the others, everyone that was in this movie, uh, they, they did the voices except for Donatello, were in the suits at the same time. They were still acting. But Josh Payas, uh, he had problems with the mask due to extreme claustrophobia. Uh, he would remove the mask after every single take. Wow. Yeah, he did not like... He said in an interview that... He said, imagine being in... Uh, what's the train station in New York City? Grand Central. Thank you. Grand Madison S- Square Gardens. Grand Central <laughs> Station at peak rush hour and put a bucket on your head. And he said, that's what it sounded like. That with sounds all, with, with all the gears whirring. That's the only way I can working. get off now. <laughs> I would wow. just like to say the martial arts were so impressive. For those suits? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my yeah. God. With the lips fact, and my shit. My girlfriend and I were watching it, and she does, like, stage shows and shit. We were both just like, oh, my God, that's got to be so fucking miserable. <laughs> oh, you're wearing 100 pounds of gear and rubber. On your shoulders. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. And just the fucking, like, face helmet. And you can't bend your back or... You yeah. can't Awful. see. Awful. Yeah. And this was Raphael? Yeah. I'd say chaotic good. <laughs> I was going to go neutral good. He's not interested in the laws of mankind or ninja. He kind of does his own thing. So that's why I'd say chaotic. Yeah, chaotic maybe a, bou- 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 a mix of the two. I think he bounces quite a few times. It's tough with the turtles because you have to, again, what we did with Labyrinth is we talked about one of the traits that you have to consider that all of these characters have is teenager. 
A teenager yeah. can yeah, they're all trade 15. outside of alignment. That's true. So I think he's neutral good teen angst. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we also have Brian Tochi, uh, Robbie Rist, and Kevin Clash, who was the voice of Splinter. Robbie who- Rist sounds like a porn actor. Uh, Kevin Clash was also the voice of Elmo on Sesame Street. Yeah. Robbie Elmo. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have one of the early movies for one of my favorite actors, Sam Rockwell. Who's in this? I know. He was the head thug. Young little Sam yeah. Rockwell. Yep. Who, yeah, Sam Rockwell. Who was yeah. in, uh, if, for those that don't know, if don't follow him at all, Moon, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, The Green Mile, the reboot of Poltergeist, which is an underrated film in my wait, opinion. Wait, 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 he He's wasn't also a, in he, Choke. He was not a foot soldier. He was one of the kids, He was right? head thug. Was, was he, one was of he the, the one with the dangly one ear pierced? Probably. I th- yeah, I think so. I thought I recognized yeah. him. <laughs> can, can I just mention that everyone at home, that Dusty just made giant air quotes? Yes. <laughs> uh, and then he was also in Charlie's Angels and Galaxy Quest, to name a few. Now, Ooh, is Galaxy Guy- Quest on the list? Yeah, it's it somewhere is. on That's also. right. Yeah. I remember him now. He, he was, played Guy. Yeah. Guy Fleekman. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was I love basically that guy. the red shirt of yes. the entire yeah. crew. And the red shirt of the TMNT film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He didn't die, but like he could have at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> so the orig- on the original notes of the casting for this movie, uh, in the 1980s, the first pitch by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, what they did for this film, was they, got it, the, they wanted to work with Roger Corman in his New World Pictures. The idea, apparently, as the story goes, was to have the Turtles played by four comedians who were actually popular at the time. Those would have been Gallagher. Please yeah. do not say Pauly Shore. As Michelangelo. Bobcat Goldwaite. Oh, okay. Oh, that would have been okay. who? I, I, I don't know. That, maybe Donatello? Oh. Donatello. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Donatello and Mikey had this really cool, like, outside character actor relationship. That yeah, I really so, who was the first one you said? Uh, Gallagher. Gallagher, Bobcat, Goldthwait. Yeah, I could see that. Mikey okay. And then Billy Crystal. Ooh, Raphael. Raphael. And, right? then, and then one of my favorite comedians from the 80s, Sam Kinison. Leonardo. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Leonardo <laughs> and Sam Kinison. Dude, I just got <laughs> really excited for that. Oh, God. I want to see this movie. I know. No, no, no because it's, it's my turn for scorn because I don't want to see that movie. I, well, no, I don't, no, don't want to like see it, but it I'd, 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 see a, I'd see a test footage run. No, uh, I, would, I wouldn't with Roger, pay money. With yeah. Roger Corman doing it, maybe, but the actors are supposed to be dressed in turtle shells, Uh-oh. obviously. So Roger Corman was Death Race Roger Corman? That Roger Corman, yeah. yes. Isn't Roger Corman the... The the spice king with the with all of his spices. <laughs> what? I have no clue. No, no, no. McCormick spices, right? Oh no, oh, no, no, that's no. a long story. But I like no, the no, no. <laughs> That's the restaurant guy, McCormick and Schmidt. Um, oh, McCormick and Schmidt. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So the actors Schmidt. were supposed to be dressed in turtle shells. And then have their arms and legs painted green. No, no suits. They were just supposed to be painted. Okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm over yeah. it. Another I'm done treatment. Over it. Another treatment yeah. at the time uh, was to turn the turtles into an R-rated film, and that included a scene with partially nude nuns on roller skates. I was going to say, why? Oh, I'm back on board. <laughs> so that's the only way I can get off. <laughs> I, is everyone at the table as here Morty, right? <laughs> familiar with the porn? Of oh with with, with April O'Neil the porn actress. Why no? I've never April seen O'Neil. it because my wait. girlfriend listens to my podcast. Uh huh. <laughs> real nudge, nudge. What does she think? What's that? What does she think of our podcast? Oh, she likes it. Oh, good, good. Uh, but back to the porn. There, there is a teenage ninja turtle scene. Wink, 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 wink. Not seen. Super wink. Definitely, no one's seen it. 
No. There's a porn actress who goes by April O'Neil. Mm-hmm. And guess who plays April O'Neil in the pornography That's movie? That's her. It, it is her. Then we have Brian Tochi, who is the voice of Leonardo. Let me, re- let, me, let me redo that. No, 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 no. no keep going. <laughs> Too late. Voice of who? Leonardo. <laughs> Leonardo. <laughs> it's uh, me, Leonardo. We can agree on lawful good, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, everyone, I think, is here. Paladin. Well, hold on. Yeah. Has he been in anything else that you remember that you could find out? He literally Brian has Tochi, he did a lot of, like, just inane voice stuff. So nothing, all, like, TV stuff. Okay. Carry uh, on. And then we have... Robbie Rist, who is the voice of Michelangelo. Chaotic good. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure he that's a porno name. <laughs> Robbie Rist? Because it's wrist? as thick as his wrist. Oh, he go, he burn. Goes deep in. Deep into the wrist. What Flip else has soul, he been in? Sure you uh, Robbie Rist. Oh, actually, he was a voice in Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Uh, oh, my God. Your favorite movie, He Matthew. was uh, Dogen Dagui. I, 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 don't, I don't remember what character. What? Say that word again. Dogen Dagui. Dogen Dagui. Yeah, no, I remember Oh, that. good old Dogen Dagui. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, like we favorite. used to yeah. back Dogen. in the day. Uh, Do you guys ever get, like, way into the Dagui? <laughs> He also did. He also did multiple voices on the Powder, Powerpuff Girls, Doc McStuffins, Transformers, Robots in Disguise. Also, he did voices for also a good Doc McStuffins. We can't make this up. Is everything a porno name? And there's some animated stuff that sound like porn, like. Angry Video Game Nerd, the movie. That sounds... never watched Angry Video no, Game No, I haven't. It sounds no, like it's a porn. That's it's not a porn. really good. Yeah, it's really it's good. pretty good. Okay. He has some... He Seriously, Dusty, too far. He does not Ninja Turtles <laughs> episode. Uh, yeah. He was also in Sharknado as Robbie the Bus Driver. Oh, God, he was. Bus Driver. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm still... Fi- Did you say Dr. McStuffins? Yes. <laughs> Doc McStuffins. You Doctor. know. You can get one of those at McDonald's now on their all-day breakfast menu. The McStuffin? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Doc McStuffins. He played the character Stuffy. Here's a... <laughs> Doc McStuffins McMuffins. <laughs> Here's a here's a pro I just tip. Can't. If you if you go if this you go and order a I mine. Uh, <laughs> if you go and order a McStuffin, make sure you get the folded egg. It's re- it's a way better product. Higher in protein, sir. I like to I like to get in those biscuits. Yeah, you get a lot of protein that way. Uh, mm. And then um, we have Kevin Clash as the voice of Splinter. That's an awesome name, too. God damn it. And? People were named cooler back then. What else did he do? Kevin Clash, for a long, long time, he was the voice of Elmo on... um, Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm serious. He was was (laughs) Elmo. He was also one of the, the, the fire guys in Labyrinth. And he was also uh, the four guards in Labyrinth. All four of them? Uh, yes, apparently. Wow. Uh, was he, he the one that talked about weed or like... They all got... did. There's some controversy with the character. He kind of clashed some con- he with did the But yeah. anyway, you said he was all four guards in yes. Labyrinth? Yes. Huh. They all did sound alike. Yeah. So, it sounds like Goblin. the kind of guy that would chilly down with the wild gang. The fire, <laughs> fire gang. Yeah. Fire yeah. Chilly down with the, the fire yeah, gang. He was also... He, also <laughs> uh, he was in the West Wing, an episode where... Uh, Elmo was on the West Wing. Oh, so, oh my God! So yeah. we can say uh, lawful good for him, I imagine. Splinter, Splinter, Splinter? oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Splinter was good. so good in this movie. Splinter was one of the best characters of the movie. I absolutely agree. Like with you. puppetry aside, like him as a character, 
always on point, man. Yeah. yeah. I would say this mm-hmm. is my second favorite portrayal of Splinter. My first being the 2009 computer animated TMNT movie. That's a pretty good one. Because that was voiced was by Was that Mako. the one with the stone generals? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I actually just finished watching that. That was voiced by the actor Mako, yeah. who also did Uncle Iroh. Oh, just started with Conan. Uncle Iroh is amazing. I'm sorry. I, I love Conan, but Avatar The Last Airbender to Uncle me. Uncle Iroh is like the... Uncle, fucking best, man. I think Uncle Iroh is at the pinnacle of his performance. I think. I when think, he comes screaming out of his hut in Conan, going, yes, get away! Yes. <laughs> that's, so, that's the best. He's that come so far since then. That That's his best role in my And opinion. I can't yeah. help but notice none of that was Samurai Jack, which... Oh, Aku. Yeah. Absolutely. Aku, oh, shit. the shape-shifting master. You, you distracted me with the Conan and the shack running and the, <laughs> that. Yeah, but Aku... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then we have Tatsu, who I really like. There was there was a split Tatsu. for the, no. Hang on, there was a split for this character though. Yeah, there and was the, there Shredder. was a guy that played him who, and I'm gonna butcher this name, so I'm I'm gonna apologize. You don't right good luck. Front. Tell you what, don't even do it. To- Insert name here. To- do it. Do it. Set Toshishiro up to Obata. Actually, that's. That sounds pretty good. Pretty close, if not accurate. Okay. Good job. Thank you. Good guess. First, Phonetics. You heard it right here. <laughs> uh, who was the actual actor, but the voice of Tatsu. Oh, he was dubbed? Yes, was Michael oh, yeah. McConaughey. <laughs> that is a very who is, uh Who is a white guy out of Ohio. Yeah, who yeah. did well. So he's the guy who was going, huh, yeah. ninja, vanish. Yeah, yeah, which he has a lot of... Fantastic. He did... Dragon Ball Super, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, Mortal Kombat 10, the video game voice of. Great. Voice of. He does a lot of video game and TV. Who was he in Mortal in, Kombat? In Mortal Kombat. Who was he in Dragon Ball uh, Super? He was Kano. Okay. Yeah. So neutrally. Who is a white guy from Ohio. He also played the in the Admiral. He played Admiral Yi Sun Shin. Okay. Mm. I've been meaning to see that. I haven't gotten around to it yet. But he's done a lot of... It looks like he... You know, going through the mining, it looks like he did a lot of... Um, uh, Japanese anime. All right. So, so and I would say lawful neutral. I would say lawful evil. He, Why no, evil? He's not because lawful, he's though, all about he, that locker room scene when he loses his shit. That's because he lost his shit to fucking Casey Jones, and Casey Jones was a punk. Well, yeah, but I mean, his reaction to that wasn't a lawful thing. You don't it's, take no, that out on your troops. I absolutely agree. He beat the shit uh, out of like yeah. young oh, yeah, right, 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 yeah, yeah, Initially, I forgot about that scene. But initially, that for the, the the script for that scene where he beat the hell out of that kid was he was supposed to kill him, and oh, yeah. and then uh, the 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 production company said we need to keep this child friendly so Maybe we need a little to, less need kid killing yeah. do you know what they do is they they adr in a little voice of that kid oh, going the, the, the oh, like yeah. moaning afterwards yeah so yeah. you know you that know he's, he's alive, alive yeah. but in the original shot he's supposed to be dead mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah. I, I thought that too that's really yeah. good um, that was the point that Nat, my girlfriend and i like looked at each other and was like Man, this seems like a great organization to get behind, right? <laughs> right. Well, this that's what family. I'm saying. Yeah. It's lawful evil because he follows a code. He's killing that guy, kid because he's a failure. And that's what they're trying to breed is the best of the best. Yeah, mm-hmm. but technically everyone on that mission was a failure. He just kind of picked him out to take a spite on out. You on know, him. that's <laughs> true. The foot that's true. soldiers in general in the movie were way more capable than the fucking robots in the TV show. Oh, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Can, we, like, can we take a step back and act this out real quick? Sure. Yes, what are we doing? So I'll, I'll be the, uh, oh, I'm so mad. Are you Tatsu? 
Yes. <laughs> I'm so mad I'll take it out on people that I'd have no respect. Sir, I'm sorry we failed you, but next time we'll do better. Yes, because I'm going to punch you so hard. But wait, I was pretty good, though. Like, actually, if All you right, think about here it. comes the punching! Oh, my God! Oh, I punch! It hurts so much! Oh, I punch Master, so much Master, please, more. stop punching me! I, over cannot, and over. I cannot stop because I'm so mad! It's not fair! It's not fair, I've yes! Been, I've been so good up till now! Yes, you have, but this now is, I'm, I'm evil, and I'm is, showing you how evil I am! This is really demeaning my, yes. my thought! And yes, my hope look, for this audience, co- for this, how evil I am! Oh, this game. Here comes the wrist! <laughs> <laughs> not the wrist! Oh my god. Yes! Take, not the wrist! Take my that, wrist! Now give that little gasp to let him know you're alive. <laughs> uh, 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 yes! That I'm, gives me I'm power. I'm glad it wasn't an orgasm kind of, <laughs> kind of sound. Uh, you guys wasn't killing it? me. <laughs> wasn't it? I don't know. And then we go And then we go into Shredder, who, much like Tatsu, uh, was two different people. So playing. Shredder was actually James Sato, who's been in a lot of TV I shows. Porn name. <laughs> Damn. Can, can, I, can I say a quick thing about Shredder? You know what he needed is mm. more sequins. Yeah, I, I don't think the one piece jumpsuit was enough. So, did you know uh, the whole not. costume was based off of a blender? The production notes, they made it, they wanted him to look like what, a blender. Like the thing he used the... to mix drinks? Yeah, you know, like, like, his, like his shoulder he pads. He looked so and... much cooler in the comic books, though. Yeah. Really he looks so it's... bad in the movie, it, it was, though. I, I think it was the, uh, the, I think the, the cutout in his helmet. face. No, it was the cutout in his faceplate. I think it's the shoulders. He had these yeah. big old shoulders, and then was, that... I think it was he all was of it. He was small. I mean, the actor who was yeah. was small. I agree. Lean. The shoulders fed down into this tiny, slim, like, acrobatic, like, yeah, I stick- do gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine, because he's a martial artist, but that <laughs> fucking sequined... Whatever, cape. that... Cape? Yeah, that thing. No, that... No, capes. The- the no, the bodysuit. Oh, the, body yeah. the, the red sequin bodysuit. Exactly. Was, and then he had, like, was. a belt. They were trying to make it more. You got to remember, this was 1990. I mean, that was the fashion. Okay, here's the thing about this the movie. (laughs) The movie goes like this: it's trying to be close to the comics, but it can't ignore the fact that the TV show was a hit, right? I know. So it can't just be about the comics. It has to adapt the coloring and the style and of the, the pizza. animation. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you also otherwise have to you think of alienate. the time and what they were competing against. This was the dark era of G.I. Joe. Oh, we'll, yeah. We'll, Warriors. We'll, we'll get yeah. to, we'll we'll get get to the, the movies. Movies that Definitely. was competing, yeah. So anyway, Shredder. No, I'm, I'm not even talking about oh. the movies. I'm talking about what it was competing with in general popularity toy-wise oh, at okay. the time. Yeah. You're talking about high neon, both in G.I. Joe and in Transformers, yeah. well, which were their main competitors. Transformers was, what, 86? Well, yeah, and, six year old me through and then through the, through ninety through the early but very early eighty six was the height like yeah that's that when was it came the height out. of season one season two Transformers yeah, definitely. of the the first launch no, of it G.I. wasn't Joe. over there though but that's everyone when they made the was going movie neon in the G.I. Joe movie everyone was going neon every that's, every even that's clothing. when the one the G.I. Joes that you made fun of me for having with the cords and the little attachments oh yeah the, the eco warriors yeah. yeah that's when they were popular so what about Shredder what's his alignment. Lawful, lawful evil. evil. I think lawful he's, evil. He's a Vader. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. In sequence. Well, I, I don't know. Or neutral don't, evil. I think neutral evil because he is. He. I think he says like if he was going to say. I think he would say he's lawful evil. He's awfully organized, but he's very. But he's more self. Um, what is that? 
aware. Selfish. S- selfish. He's more selfish than that. I, I actually can agree with that. I think I'll, he I'll... uses and establishes organizations because uh-huh. he's smart enough to do it, but he doesn't give a fuck about them. I don't think he gives a shit about the foot. Yeah, he's just a mean. Everything is just a means yeah. to yeah. an end for him. Man, he brought he yeah. brought the foot across the fucking Pacific. Well, he understands how to make money. So I, I think he the knows mic, the I'm system sorry. and knows how to use it. I don't think he himself gives a shit about the system. What do you base that off of? The fact that he was willing to sacrifice everything just to kill some fucking turtles. And he and wasn't he's, sacrificing everything. It was, I think that if he were truly lawful evil and truly structured, he would be no, more no, like no, Tatsu. You're, you're, you're talking like he had a doomsday device to sacrifice everything to give well, up. Well, let's he talk sent about his the soldiers out. <laughs> nope, nope. We only take the context of the one we're looking at. He context. treats the foot soldiers as foot soldiers, like yeah. totally expendable. Yeah. Not that's, that's any, he's, what they're they just are. not important to him. No, that's not true because they're top echelon. Like in this movie, the f- the people who graduate to foot are like the top tier of, of fighters. Yeah. They can take on the turtles, like of not the, easily, of but the they seventeen can do year olds it. that he has working. No, no, for no. Yeah, those are the seventeen. Those year are not. Yeah, all no. of the unmasked foot soldiers are Japanese. Or age, I don't really know if. They, well, I know that everyone, one of them was Korean. Everyone who gets the mask of the foot, yeah, is has proven themselves to be a true ninja. Yeah, right. I and was so proud of that kid when right? he became a yeah, foot right? soldier. Yeah. Like I actually like welled up tears. I'm like, I'm so proud of him because at that point, Tatsu, at least Tatsu, maybe Shredder a little bit, is is like focused on growing the army. With with useful people, and Shredder is more about just brainwash the masses, mm-hmm. and I just need expendable units. Yeah, I means think to an end. Yeah, yes. I think Shredder sees it more as a means to an end, whereas Tatsu fully is functions that way. Yeah. So Tatsu, I could definitely believe lawful evil. Shredder, I'm going to go neutral. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Okay. I was initially thinking. I see lawful, it reverse, but, but yeah, I can accept it. I feel neutral evil. That's my opinion. Well, you are neutral evil. I, yeah, and well, that is my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> the movie itself was filmed between July 10th, 1989 and September 9th, 1989. So it wasn't a very long that, wow. span of time okay. to film yeah. the movie. Uh, the movie was cut, edited, and scored and released March 30th, 1990. So just a few scant months later. Did after, you get notes on where it was filmed? It was filmed uh, not in New York City, as most of, most of the major shots... Just to get like the trademarks and yeah, and they the did some product. establishing. Yeah, a lot of it was filmed out of state in uh, I think uh, I want to say North one of Carolinas. the Carolinas. Yeah, I think. I think North Carolina, somewhere in the South. One yeah. of the three Carolinas. Yeah. yeah, the film itself became the highest-grossing independent film of all time, as well as the ninth highest-grossing film worldwide of 1990, and the most successful film in the series until the 2014 reboot. When when I was first like looking up stuff, okay. I try not to look at the stuff that I think you're going to look at. As well, so I, you shouldn't. I'm trying just like, no, I don't want to overstep your bounds no, here. I appreciate but that. One of my things that is just a personal character thing, I never watch anything without also having the Wikipedia page for that thing open mm-hmm. because I don't really like suspense. I mean, for me, I like to know if I'm going to be invested. And sometimes they'll be like, oh my God, I've totally seen this guy. Pause, look up where mm-hmm. I've seen this guy, whatever. So I was looking at the Wikipedia page. That's why I like Amazon Prime. And it was you talking about down. yeah with that exactly. X-ray view yeah. Exactly. yeah it's pretty cool that's why I yeah. love Amazon Prime for we that. just watched through uh, all of Twin Peaks the return yeah, yeah. and man that X-ray view was nope. so nice no spoilers on that's that. all yeah. I'm gonna say all right but the fact that it was an independent film mm-hmm. 
fucking blew my mind. Oh, I did not there even are some, know. There are some numbers yeah. I'm going to get to in a little bit that that will probably blow your mind as well. TMNT 1990 was a, a, an independent film. Yeah, right. It was a completely what, independent what, it's film. Galoob was it? Galoob that owned the Ninja Turtles. I forget toys? who. I, for, I didn't dive dive down. I want to say. Hole, like, I, wanna I say was Galoob. not aware of that at all. Yeah, it was, it was the same. It was a, the Micro Machine. It was. It was. <laughs> it was a completely independent film. And, yeah. Wow. And it That's was followed. It wasn't Hasbro. I no, know it was followed yeah. by two sequels uh, entitled. One first one was Secret of the Ooze, which came out the year later. So they wanted to cap, uh, captivate, captivate, capitalize. Thank you on is that it, one. Is it related to Secret of Nim? No. no. And then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three Turtles in Time, which where they go back in time and find out more about their samurai. Because they gotta go back in time. Exactly. Which came well, I out thought it was in Turtles in Tim. <laughs> so. I will say that of the two sequels, I thought the third was better than the second. I like the third one, honestly. Yeah. I really did. Tim, I need to lay my eggs in here. <laughs> <laughs> when getting the movie started, Mark Friedman knew that it was uh, it would have to offer significantly different experience from the Fred Wolf-produced animated TV show. So the story goes, as an effort to make this happen, uh, it was made to make this movie stay as close as possible to the, ver- the vision the co-creators had and presented it. Uh, as their original comic book series, but which that was kind fairly of... dark and moody as yeah. compared to oh, like, so, yeah, so much darker. And 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 the script was written dark, but the production company went, eh, we need we need yeah. more of the kids they stuff. Had to find some weird balance. Yeah. Is between... it because Shredder dies in the first issue of the fucking comic book? Yeah, I yeah. keep I keep hitting this theme in a lot of the movies we cover, but um, the artwork in there it's it's very lush, it's very detailed, and I I will always take a set in a background that's has a lot going on in it that's not just a background for your hero to stand against. You take your time with it. Yeah. You really, like, look at what's happening. Yeah. There wasn't that much happening in the backgrounds of this movie. Not really. Oh, no. no. I'm talking about the comic but, book still. Uh, yeah. Okay. But with the production costs of this movie, there should have been a lot going on in the background movie. What were those costs? The production... Actually, the budget was... Uh, Fantastic segue, guys. <laughs> The production cost was actually at the, in nineteen nine actually eighty nine when it was being filmed thirteen point five million dollars for an independent that's it? film. Yeah, that's it. Adjusted for inflation today, that's twenty six and a half million in nineteen ninety. So in labyrinth, puppets twenty five million. You, yeah. do puppets. Don't do CG. <laughs> do puppets. That's a Jim uh, Henson movie. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We, that was our last episode. You should you should check that one out. No, no, I mean this one. <laughs> this one's a Jim Henson movie. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. I didn't actually know that this one. Is yeah, Jim, Jim Henson, Henson was not happy yeah. with this movie because of how violent it was. He was went on record saying, "I do not like this." Neither this were not, moms, though. Yeah, this, but this the is, violence was so this is, low key. This is now. Not, this should nobody not be got, a, no. The only one person even got hurt. And that was Shredder. No, not hurt. Killed. Shredder didn't well, die. Lots of people no. got hurt. Sorry, people Raphael got Raphael was people, knocked out in a bathtub for a week. People I mean, got people beat got up hurt. and bruised. But I, yeah. I have to admit that yeah. sh- that Shredder in a garbage like compactor Getting was crushed. pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty fucked up. That, that's like some Roger Rabbit scene. So, well, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, what? we'll probably get to it, but that's probably one of the scenes that I don't like is just Casey Jones casually murdering someone. That was weird. What didn't Jim Henson like about it? Just everything. Beat. Everything? Pretty much everything. Other than other than the animatronics, which his shops did, he was not because it was too dark in tone. It was the script was was too dark. He didn't like the violence. But he had it to was know. Not right. Okay, we had this talk in Labyrinth about how the script was darker than Bowie liked, and it was a script that Henson approved. And when we talked about the gaming section of Labyrinth, you were like, "Okay, war, war, war." 
yeah. battle, battle, battle. And yeah. I was like, that sounds more violent. And both of you were like, okay, yeah, but there was a lot of violence and whatnot. I, th- and I was like, that was but a I comical think, thing. I think that with with this movie versus Labyrinth, the aside from the final battle, the violence was more subtext in Labyrinth. Whereas this, it was very much like right out in almost yeah, it, in it all, was all what the they were. I'm just you know, wondering what yeah, he expected La- from something with the word ninja in the title. I feel he like- was also just before he died, so mm-hmm. he could yeah. there could have been some other emotional issues. I feel like the stakes were very high in Labyrinth, though. Like there was a sense of dread, like when she goes down the hallway, and then there's the uh, they're like the rotating the spinning, blades, the cleaners, yeah. Cleaners. yeah, the cleaners. Like everything yeah. was on its way to like it's like an like, episode of if Sonic you don't dog. do this. Everything that you know and love is fucked. Yeah. Like, I at least feel like yeah, with like, Turtles, like, it was still very, like... What, 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 what? You're good, right? Yeah, I'm good. All right, cool, bro. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you guys <laughs> expect to beat me? Good answer. It, it wasn't... Yeah. There, there was no end of the world involved in this, yeah. which I thought yeah. was very interesting, too, especially for the time, because it was always all about saving the planet. Oh, you shit. Know? You're right. Yeah. Now, the... Turtle. Like in every other turtle story, there is one. Oh, absolutely, blue, and every story from then on, blue yeah. beam into the sky. Yeah, absolutely. This, no, the the turtle machine for this movie, nothing could pretty much stop it. It had a U.S. return of one hundred and thirty-five million dollars. That's a big wow. ass success. Adjusted, a, adjusted for inflation, percent. Adjusted for inflation, that's two hundred and sixty-five million dollars. For the U.S. run, international gross return at the time was two hundred and one million dollars. Adjusted for inflation, it's a little less than four hundred million. Fuck a day. me! How what, could they not make two the more? Rental, I was going to say which the they rental, lost. Making you two always ask me about the rental market. I, I, I need to know, Dustin. The rental market on this, the gross VHS only. $67.6 million. I contributed at least $200 to Adjusted that. Adjusted for inflation, that's $133 so million. So three quarters of a, mil- of a billion dollars yeah. this thing made in 1990. Yeah. And the eyebrows are important. Uh, Domino- they are so important. <laughs> Domino's themselves had a $20 million marketing stake. What was Pizza Hut? <laughs> Pizza Hut was a little less. Really? Yeah. What about Pepsi? I remember the Domino's More. was in the movie. What about Marlboro? But I never saw a Domino's commercial for this. <laughs> However, oh, yeah. I was assaulted on television Domino's, with Pizza Hut commercials. Domino's, all, and uh, we'll get into this, some of the trivia about Pizza that. Pizza Hut Do- had toppers for their drinks. I had them. Domino's uh, did the, uh, there was a coming out of their shells tour. Yeah, They sponsored oh, that. Oh, yeah. don't start talking about coming out of your shells tour. We, wait, I wait. watched literally the whole thing. It's we, we could do a whole other podcast. The yeah. worst. So, so for a time, this was the highest I'm grossing. Shredder. And I will steal all the music. <laughs> For a time, this was the highest grossing indie film. Uh, and as I said, not even the big bad studios of Hollywood could stop the wave of the turtle power. Uh, and the turtles did make bank in 1990. At the time of its release, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the second highest grossing indie film ever made, ranking in $201 million at the box office. Uh, they did lose that a few years later when Pulp Fiction... Beat it out by two hundred and thirteen well, million. Duh, Tarantino. Yeah, Tarantino's probably like, oh, what your your tur- your little toys, <laughs> your toy movie. Here hey, by I the way, I'm stuck <clears throat> in the turtles with you, I and say, I they don't didn't have know good what enough feet is I should ooze. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the movies that Damn, were that was good. Quentin Tarantino could beat it. However, a movie that this big could make this much money mm-hmm. without Tarantino, without John Travolta, without Samuel Jackson, without Ving Rhames, without, without Deadpool. Uma Thurman, 
without any of those people, that's actually its that's biggest name was Corey Feldman. Yeah, that Corey fucking Feldman, and no one was going to theaters movie. to see Corey Feldman. No. <laughs> I didn't even know it was Corey Feldman until I was in my teens. Oh wow! I watched yeah. it again. I watched the movie last night, that's and I, I haven't seen it in like. 15 years since then and i remember my girlfriend and i like looked at each other and went Corey feldman <laughs> <laughs> I w- i'd like to add something to what dusty said about just simply talking about money potential is that ninja turtles is one of the highest grossing franchises of all time like it literally goes star wars maybe transformers ninja turtles yeah, that's incredible. There, there's so much money being thrown at Ninja Turtles. It's, Write those comic books, kids. You yeah, know where it's ridiculous. Going. Comics, toys, movies, TV shows. There hasn't been more than 10 years without a Ninja Turtles cartoon? No, no. There's or not. show at yeah. some point? Yeah, maybe even five. Like, it's constantly on. Yeah. Yeah. These are the movies that it went up against in March of 1990. You had the 1990 version of Lord of the Flies, which was good. Yes. Uh, Blind Fury with Rutger Hauer. Never saw it. Really? Yeah. It's a good movie. Uh, one of my fun favorites, Joe versus the Volcano. Great oh, movie. yeah. Uh, different genre. Different, yeah, slightly uh, different genre. Tom Hanks, right? Not as yes. many ninjas in yeah, Joe Tom Hanks and Meg, Meg Ryan playing like three different roles in that movie. So Joe versus the Volcano versus ninjas. <laughs> yeah. And then we I have uh, The Hunt for Red October. Oh, my fucking God. I love that movie. Is yeah, that on so our list? No. It that's should a, be. It should. That's we should a, do that, that with would, Master and Commander. I can role play the fuck out okay. of that game. And we have to hunt for the Red October. And then we Gandalf. Have... We got to take our eyes. I'm very Scottish. <laughs> the Red October's right over that hill. And then also Pretty Woman. So this came out the same weekend. No, that came. This those movies came out the in same the month. month. Same month. What Pretty Woman and Hunt for Red October. Yes. In March it of 1990. It seems like every month back then was yeah. a blockbuster There's got to be a trifecta. Is there no. A third? Okay. No, there so, wasn't a third big So Ninja Turtles is the trifecta. Yeah, but the movies that were released in the same weekend, there was only one that was released that same weekend. Dana Carvey's Opportunity Knocks. Oh, God. Fuck that Fuck movie. Dana Carvey. <laughs> no wonder Ninja Turtles made so much movie. It was also was the only like, quasi-kids movie at, the, at that yeah. time. I mean, Pretty Woman, Red uh, October, not so much. Yeah. Pixar didn't exist so, yet. Yeah. Movies that had a similar budget, because we talked about the budget for Teenage Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles being 13.5, adjusted for inflation being 26.5 million. Even for the time, that, that seems small. Even for the time. It is. Okay, so it to is. put that in, into perspective... When your favorite movie came out, which that, was what Kevin Costner movie? Yes, Underwater, Filthy Horror Mouths. <laughs> that movie was deemed the most expensive movie at the time, which and it, and it broke the seventy million dollar mark. Other movies that can, have been out that have a similar budget to this movie. Uh, the Ryan Reynolds underrated movie called Selfless with Ben Kingsley. If any of you have ever seen it, it's a good uh, movie. Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley, yes. Is that the one where he uh, Swaps goes into brains. a body? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? <gasps> Should be on the list. I mean, it's just Odysseus. I'm holding myself back. Just keep going. Keep going before uh, I before, keep going. Flatliners, okay. the original. <gasps> Keep Ever after a Cinderella He's story. Flatlining. For God's sake. He's flatlining. <laughs> Ever after two of my favorite movies ever. Ever after a Cinderella story. All right. That the was forty year old virgin. Love it. That one's good. Schindler's list. <laughs> That's all right. 
and dusty. We are not doing that as a role playing. No, game. we are not. No. And also, Anchorman: The Legend of Ron Burgundy. What the fuck, dude? You're killing me. <laughs> so all I would RP that universe every RP fucking day. All five of those movies at the same time. Sixty <laughs> percent of the time, <laughs> it works all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love. So my those own. are the movies. That, those are a few of the movies that came out that had the same uh, budget. budget as this I didn't realize did. Ron Burgundy was only about $25 million. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize Schindler's List was that inexpensive. Yeah. yeah, it was an inexpensive movie. One of the things that I made comment about earlier was that pretty much everybody that was involved with this movie uh, had done TV prep work, and that's pretty apparent in, in everything else. Uh, Steve Barron had directed it. Up until this movie, everything he had done was just basically music videos. Like, oh, he did a lot of Madonna videos. I could see that. Everything was really yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, totally. He did follow up filming this with Coneheads in 1993. And then the TV no movie. Gasp. This man is a genius is what we're saying. <laughs> then the TV movie of Merlin, which was followed by the TV movie of Arabian Nights. Uh, and then the screenplay was actually written by Todd W. Langdon and Bobby Herbeck. Langdon was a TV script writer who was best known for the Wonder Years. <gasps> And he also did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. And Herbeck was another script writer for TV, best known for Different Strokes, The Jeffersons, and Small Wonder. So the, the I can see it. The quippy dialogue, the... the yeah, The totally. apostrophes. I yes, just want to say the, the score was awful. Oh, was the bad. score? Oh, yeah. The score was written and composed by John Duprez, who was known for all of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A Fish I Called mean, Wanda. Which is a great movie. Not a movie that you think about for its music. No, though. Once Bitten, which was that cheesy yeah. vampire movie, and Mighty Python's The Meaning of Life. Again, none of these are movies that I've ever thought about for their music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, nothing besides being you know a musical. But. You don't like that? There's a difference between score and music. That's true. And soundtrack. You don't like the you don't like the. TMNT Diddy? Not up until we got to MC Hammer at the end. Oh, was my not, God. No, really? No. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's how we end you don't, our podcast. You don't like it? It's kind of it's playful. It's kind of... I love that shit. T-U-R-T-L-E power. No, no, no. That's the song. That's the theme song. Yeah, we're talking about... the score. Yeah, we're talking about the all the movie music was just funny you bring that up. Because the director initially wanted a full like punk soundtrack and score because the better. kid wears a Sid Vicious shirt. Yeah. Every scene he's know. in, he wears a Sid Vicious shirt. Uh, so the director wanted... Hello, all, fellow kids. Yeah, he wanted all like a punk soundtrack and a more punk-sounding score, but the studios were like, no, we need to make this kid friendly. No kids are going to know what Sid Vicious is or who that is, and if they do... There's something wrong with them. We need to make it more family friendly. So, yeah, the video game style of, of soundtrack was put in and the more poppy and then uh, MC Hammer was brought in to really clinch that. Let's bring in the kid because that was right around when a too legit, not too legit, but the other one that he did. The fucking skating rink music. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 I think had it gone with had the, the studio gone with the original director that they wanted it would have been a lot darker. Which is? That was Russell Mulcahy. He was tapped to direct the movie. The feel would have been different. He's noted for Highlander. Uh, Highlander 2. And Resident Evil Extinction. It would have been a darker film. All three of which, beheading is a plot point. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> you were going to say I was going to say, okay, two points. Yes. First off, real talk, isn't it amazing the weird shit that gets us into our adulthood, like, molds our taste? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. a comic book gets him into punk rock. Like, that's awesome. We don't know about this until we're adults, mm-hmm. right? Thinking back, I like, why do I care so much about turtles and Superman and shit? It's weird to think about all the things that may have influenced us. I feel like, okay, first off, as a kid, mm-hmm. I did not think this movie was too lighthearted. Mm-hmm. All right? No, it was deep. It, for yeah. a kid. For a kid. Yeah. yeah. And even rewatching it, and I haven't rewatched it in probably about six months, but even like when I rewatch it, I don't think that it is like not violent enough. I mean, it's definitely not gruesome, but I think for the universe they create, it's not really too lighthearted for 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 what it is. Like, I think it's as violent as it should be. And I think the follow-up movies are obviously less violent, but yeah, they are. With I the agree fight with, with the rooftop fight, we haven't even talked about Shredder's rooftop fight, where he one by one beats the shit out of the turtles. Like watching that, even now, I don't think to myself, "Oh, the, what a what a fucking cop out." You know what I mean? Like I feel like it fits for what they're trying to do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This movie inspired me and a good friend of mine at the about the age of twelve to run around the fucking neighborhood. In full-on black ninja gear. <laughs> I think it makes yeah. a lot of us, yeah. yeah. Picking, picking up a magazine called Black Belt and wanting to be, like, a ninja. That, no, absolutely. No, you've gone too far because I didn't have... I lived way out in the country. Oh, okay. But we did have a machine shop with lots of metal in it. There you and go. That, and that is literally why they can't use the couldn't use the word ninja in the UK. Because yeah. of shit like that. Hero. That stuff was outlawed. Yeah, there was a lot of this movie that was actually taken out for the UK and the German. And the Germans, yeah. Uh, stuff. Like, all the poop scenes. Nunchucks. <laughs> yeah, the nunchucks were the yeah, big thing that were taken are out. Like crazy. Like, do you know why? I actually, uh, I tried going down that rabbit hole and I couldn't find a reason why. So the reason in the UK that the lawmakers thought mm-hmm. was that nunchucks, nunchucks were the easiest thing for kids to make and mimic, and they uh, were. And okay. because of that, those were specifically outlawed. I don't know. Minus, minus the Have stick. you ever made a shiv? Well, because like I've made a shiv. You have and to a be shiv, a knife. It's way easier what to make. What the fuck are you confessing us? <laughs> <Are> you <laughs> saying that if we want to talk about things that kids can make, a knife is so much easier to make than a nunchuck. No, well, it isn't. The bow staff. It, let's be fair. The yeah. stick is probably the. Easiest. All you need is a broom handle. A, and, a long and you don't broom. have to be. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be an adult to buy a. Uh, you have to be an adult to buy a blade. Yeah. But you don't need to be an adult to to buy foam nunchucks or whatever like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's the reasoning that I've Incidentally, just heard. Incidentally, all the dowels in our closet disappeared mysteriously one night. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't need, all the you don't need yeah. to be an adult to buy a long-ass piece of metal nope. and a rock. Yeah. And then sharpen that metal yeah. and have a jail ship. <laughs> You All right, kids. This is how you do it, <laughs> man. That's like that's like. Uh, that's so so, where do you fence the organs after you've harvested them? Yeah. You want to go into that? Well, or let's you... keep that for some cut. Content. Did your dad Listeners, ever come back coming up after next. getting those cigarettes? Or... <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of the cigarettes, I, I like the, the the cigarette scene when they they're first introducing them to like the clubhouse. Yeah, where they're like, "Hey, you got any cigarettes?" cigarettes. And he's like, "Regular, a menthol." 
You can do whatever you want. <laughs> all of those club kids. boys. Isn't it so weird they show funny. kids smoking? Uh, all of those kids were nineties tastic. They were. Oh, all, I know. They were the kid all, with a cigar playing pool. Yeah, they were all basically poochie from the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every single complete with the skateboard mm-hmm. ramp. And the video, this was this was essentially Poochie the movie. So the woman I, that played April O'Neil, that was one of the reasons why she did not come back to the second movie. It was because she didn't like the negativity that was being placed around the kids. Uh, she had said that she enjoyed making the film and she enjoyed working with you know the turtles, but everything else was too violent for her. So... Plus, she also wanted more money. And I loved her giggling and oh, her screaming that's a big throughout plus, that. Yeah. Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> but she she wanted the fluff in the script, and that was her her own words. I want the fluff, but uh, she, she wanted the conditions on set to improve yeah. within the script. Yeah. and they were like, "Nope, sorry, we're keeping it like this." And so she walked. So that's why it's someone else. But then they didn't. Then literally the next movie, no a weapons. Year later. Yeah, yeah, no weapons, no nunchucks. They you they. It's all fist fighting and barely that. And the yeah. cartoon. And the cartoon. Yeah. You the know, cartoon has practically no fighting, by the oh, way. Yeah. The, uh, the subway scene, like uh, where she's initially jumped by the foot clan. W- with a sigh? Yeah, yeah, she initially pulls out the knife and is just awful with it's it. It's not a knife. But a sigh, whatever. Who gives a crap? But, uh, but when she picks up the weapon, she knows. You are a fighter. <laughs> yeah. You. You, this I, is, I use weapons, not You got into such a big old thing on this. The Psy is not even a fighting, it's a parrying weapon. Well, there's no a, blade, there's no point. <laughs> Come on. A, there's a point. Well, not on Raphael's side, it had a dulled end. Still Did stabby. You see, well, yeah, but his were, his I don't were think, like little pokey poles. I think that's because it was <laughs> like, for the movie, but I think legitimately it'd it be really Pokey poles. Pokey poles, that's the technical term. You know, sometimes. You really want a dull end and not a sharp end. My <laughs> point was before you went all, where's my fucking cookie on me? Is that like, where's oh, Waldo? I love cookies. <laughs> Is that like, where's Waldo? <laughs> when April loses the size, she's actually a fairly effective fighter with her purse. Oh, yeah. A, a she actually she knows landed well. some hits. She landed three, knocked three guys' ass over Tea Kettle before they, mm-hmm. they swarmed her. Well, she didn't knock them over. They. Deflected her the shots. one April scene that upset me is when she first meets uh, Splinter and the Turtles, and she's on the couch, and she's like, oh my god, what's going on? Who are you? That's the first scene, I think, in movie history where they meet the good monsters and faints. I don't think that was the first. I think it was crazy <laughs> cliche. Every scene after that, she's a strong independent woman who don't need no turtle who don't need no turtle and she's fucking amazing and every time i watch the animated show i'm like why couldn't they have that april i know a guy who's six foot three and 330 pounds and i I faced him in open combat nathaniel no and there's 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 one guy there's there's one thing that he's terrifyingly scared of he has leapt on the bar because we have a shitty bar when a rat has scuttled through. Is this, is, is oh, this? my God. Yeah. Just like April. She, I'm, just, I'm just saying that there are people who are affected that way, and seeing a giant rat could happen. You know, because if Vince can do it. Okay, I was out. Say, is this Vince or is this, this Maddie? Is Vince. Okay. Yeah. She, she chills out remarkably, however. <laughs> Once she they does. start talking, she's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, sentient. Big ass rat. With. Yeah. Big ass turtles. <laughs> Why don't giant... you come over to my house and eat some pizza? <laughs> <laughs> Seeing a giant turtle with fucking teeth is the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> and they're not like regular teeth. They're all molars. Oh, yeah. They're all like thumbnail yeah. size. They're all <laughs> thumbnail size molars. 
Do you have any production notes on the thumbnail size? On the no, 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 no. But what I was going to say, because uh, we were talking about April O'Neil. Um, oh, is this the short shorts bit? No, 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 no. Aww. This isn't the short shorts bit. That's we'll I, get to I, that. I, I lost what I was going to say. Give me a second. Wonderful Sorry. denim shorts. That's the only way I can get off. <laughs> <laughs> This is the weirdest running joke. I don't know where it's going, but I'm going with it. So with April O'Neil, originally the director wanted to replicate April O'Neil's jumpsuit look from the early uh, Mir- uh, Mirage comics uh, in that'd 1987. Be hard. Like, that April is very <laughs> Yellow raincoat. I know, I know. No, the comic has a slightly different... The yeah. look was going to be close to resemble the cartoon with the yellow colored jumpsuit and the big he- big head of red hair but no one fucking wears as that. opposed to the I'm green so jumpsuit glad. and brown hair they did not however judith hogue found the jumpsuit horrifying god bless said. her and the it's idea awful. was nix the yellow raincoat april wears in the beginning of the movie is an homage to the yellow jumpsuit jumpsuit uh, that was weird in the uh, I... 87 we should put that on the list this was considered an independent movie yeah I imagine the actors had a lot more ability to sway what was happening. Corey Feldman was told, you know, he was paid fifteen hundred dollars to come in and do his voiceover, and he was told because it, it is it was an independent film, he didn't think that it was going to blow up, and therefore he didn't take points or gross oh on my this movie. God, and he took no residuals. Biggest so he mistake was paid fifteen hundred dollars. Well, flat. no, I think being a drug addict. Was oh, I'm one so of happy like, right now. <laughs> no, 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 that feels fine for a first. <laughs> yeah, he. So, wow. if for no other reason, can't you like this movie for that? Yes. Okay, <laughs> I will. I will go with that. Putting I will Corey like that. Feldman. In yes, his Corey place. Feldman just bombed on this movie because that. I loved him. There as was a teen, as a kid. There, I think you and every other everyone like, did. Team yeah. beat person that wanted that magazine i never read that magazine or heartthrob or tiger, tiger beat or whatever tiger beat <laughs> off magazine <laughs> there was an alternate ending i don't know if a lot of people know this there Ooh. was an alternate ending included in the movie uh that was you know changed where april was pitching a comic book at the end of of the movie cool. so the alternate ending of the movie was filmed but it was cut from the movie and it included An- april and danny pitching their story about the turtles to a comic book publisher. Boo. The publisher dismissed it, saying the idea of being too far-fetched as the Turtles themselves watched from an outside vantage point through the window. That's the idea they... be far- far-fetched? That's the <laughs> lamest shit ending of a yeah. 90s movie. No one movie. would ever buy that comic. Did you ever see the movie Rad? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. Please tell me it's about radiation. Nope. No, it's about BMX bicycle <laughs> racing. Yeah, never. Oh, God. No, Did you that ever was. Watch is Mitchell it like and Webb BMX biker plus Angel Summoner? No. The best buddy action comic <laughs> no. ep- Oh, God. That's what you said about District B13. No. Does a, Mitchell and Webb. <laughs> here's here's a, a question on like tropes and whatnot. Sure. A wall of TVs automatically means evil, right? Usually. Like if you're sitting or in front of IT. a wall of yeah. TVs. No, or it's Donatello. Yeah. yeah, or you're usually. at Best Buy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I ask but a quick yeah, question? You're right. A wall yeah. of TVs usually frequently means evil. That, that's one of the things, like... right? Fish tank. Yeah. yeah. Wall of TVs. Mm-hmm. Evil. Eating or an walk apple. Walk-in cray computer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if you look yeah. at at RoboCop, when you go into the into the president's or whoever the bad guy, the baddie of the movie, the office, there is that you know three by three wall of twenty seven inch Sony TVs yeah. that. Didn't you know. that happen in the Witches of Eastwick? Yeah, wasn't that, that is a great things? movie. I was yeah, but the, the televisions yeah. are all suddenly showing Jack Nicholson at the end. Yeah, that we weren't. Yeah, Wall of was, TVs yeah. equals Satan. A week before the movie opened, Mark Friedman gave a special screening for his partners, 
at Playmates Toys. That's who it was. Uh, we were talking about Playmates. earlier. It was Playmates. Yes. The company that had produced the movie. Mark Friedman being the producer? Oh, one of the, one of the, uh, the, the writers. Gotcha. To his surprise, they fucking hated the movie and declined to produce any movie-based toys off of the film due to the violent content, the language, and overall dark tone that the movie had presented. It was 24 years later, actually, when Playmates decided to finally make the merchandise based on the movie when they released the toys of the four turtles. Well, no one thought the comics were going to be successful. They're independently drawn. When you think something isn't going to be successful, here's a tip: invest. Fucking invest in it. For five bucks, that's what Kickstarter's for. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. What would it have taken, Corey Feldman? All right, give me one percent of residuals. He'd still be making bank today because it's still on TNT, like at least once a month, and or the the DVDs get re re-released every fucking year. Yeah, there's yeah. always some something small that gets put into it. Like, the audio commentary on the German version of the DVD was originally planned to uh, be made and released in the mid-80s before the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon was on the air. The movie was intended to be a direct comic book adaption, but no studio or country except Germany and France wanted to invest in the product project. But nobody knew about that until the DVDs came out. And every wow. DVD, there's something that gets added like, oh hey, it's five years later. Let's add something that you didn't know yeah, about. Yeah, let's talk about the let's talk about the cartoon. Yeah, and a special to feature. Keep buying the DVDs. Exactly. Whereas <laughs> wow. now I can just go out on YouTube and watch that shit until my heart's content. The dialogue scenes themselves were shot at twenty three frames per second. And then when they were played back at the normal 24, 24 frames per second, they appeared a bit sharper. So the fight scenes were shot at about twenty two or twenty three, and then bounced up to the twenty four to make it look a little more realistic. And that was a standard for uh, like Japanese and Chinese martial arts movies at the time too. Hmm. So that's part of the reason they did that, not just because of the technical side, but because they wanted it to have an authentic martial arts movie kind of feel. Huh. Interesting. There was one other filming feel that I really did like on a technical side. The flashback scene of the turtles, you know, when they were actual turtles yeah, yeah. and going through the ooze. And then again, when when uh, Splinter was telling the story to Danny, yeah. his, his origin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that Specifically that in the sewer with them being, you know, little turtles, the director, Steve Barron, wanted to go for an actual retro look and decided those scenes would be shot on a fucking Super 8 Hand cans. Oh, awesome. wow. Yeah, so those cool. scenes were used with real turtles. I thought they looked weird. And a mini puppet uh, for Splinter and the young turtles. Uh, and those I thought that was like uh, uh, stop motion. Nope. That was a no, puppet. that, was, that yeah. was a puppet, and it was it real and like real turtles. It did. It does. And then it was filmed on, on a Super 8. Well, I that no wasn't idea. a real turtle that said pizza. No. 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 <laughs> but the first <laughs> scene, the very first. Those, yeah, yeah, the other one that's crawling around turtles. out of yeah. the uh, into the gunk and whatnot. Into the, well done. Yeah, Please. and then uh, the second unit was directed for th- that little portion was filmed and directed by Jim Henson's kid, Brian Henson. Brian, Bri- Brian Henson, yeah. sorry, not Brian Froud. Yeah, Brian Henson. No, Froud was goblins and gotcha. everything. Uh, Henson is Muppets. And Hi-ho, this is Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog You're here. Better than, than I am. <laughs> no, that's the only line I can so say. So there's like a whole shit ton of uh, of phrases from this movie that I still use today. Oh I, yeah, I DJ at strip clubs. Um, I I do a lot of things that involve me speaking in front of people, and if they're in my age group, they 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 pause and they look up and to the right for a second and they go, oh yeah. <laughs> 
But if, if they're not, you know, like significantly younger than me, what are you talking about? Why would I ninja kick the damn rabbit? Bossa <laughs> Nova. Yeah. yeah, that's Chevy another Nova? big one. Chevy Nova? Do you hold up a bottle of turtle wax and go, <laughs> Well, sometimes, but that's do really you get during the, my private uh, time. <laughs> do you get the roles of Leonardo and Raphael mixed up? I don't. All right. So, so I gotta know. Dusty. That's from the yes, that's sir. from the T U R T L E power song. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Dusty. I wasn't picking yes, that sir. up for a second. You did catch the throw out to the creators. Oh yeah. Okay. The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I I yeah. I caught that one. I had that one mind I'm actually. It wasn't mentioned yet. Yeah, that was Sam Rockwell gives a shout out to the comics creators when he is telling the police to go check out the East Warehouse over at Lairdman Island. Yeah. That was a nod to the comics creators, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. I like when Casey Jones says, God, I hate punkers. Yeah, so did I. What is a punker? Mother punker. <laughs> Apparently they run around in Sid Vicious t-shirts. <laughs> they say they're punks. Speaking of which, one of the best lines of dialogue, between uh, not the line, but like the conversation between Casey Jones and Raphael, so fucking good. Cricket! You gotta know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. <laughs> Fucking love that guy. Yeah. He he's like the epitome of I'm walking here. Yeah, like, I would yeah. say the same thing because <laughs> I I love Donatello. I've always I've always preferred Donatello, but that is this is one thing that I like. I like the guy, the voice for Raphael. It's so just so good. It sticks. Just the Screams attitude New sticks York. out. Yeah. yeah, definitely. There's the pizza dude's got 30 seconds. I still use that today. Yeah, yeah I still use it, too. Yeah, I don't seconds. order a lot of pizzas, but when I'm waiting for something, it'll just come up in conversation. Wise man once say, never pay divine, full price for late pizza. I just can't believe. So I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember how much pizza was back then. But him saying, hey, that's $13 for a large pizza. Like, fuck, was that expensive back in 1990 for Domino's a pizza? has actually gotten cheaper. I know. It's like five bucks for a That's large pizza That's the earwig now. wax that they use. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Pizza Hut, at least around that time, had the regular price, four bucks, four bucks. Yeah. Do you have anything else for us, Dusty? <laughs> <laughs> no, I this actually went segue. pretty deep into the mine on this, and, and I could have had like another three pages, but I, I, I capped it here. Matthew, do you have anything that yeah, you got? Yeah, I got something that I want to say. There's two more lines in this movie that are my favorite. Okay. And uh, they're both by uh, Tetsu. And the first Ooh. one is, go, play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we fucking yeah. made a good one. Yeah. No, he did this. He, hey, play. He made go. the finger yeah. motion. Play. Yeah. Which our listeners can totally see. Yeah, exactly. And one I still use to this day when I'm getting out of an argument. Ninja, vanish. vanish. <laughs> you don't like uh, <laughs> Splinter's line? I made a funny. <laughs> I love that shit. It's, it's, I think that's lame, but it's I, hilarious. It wasn't original, though. I think I think that's been done before. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Cranston, you got anything else? As soon as I got here, I started drinking 100-proof whiskey and beer. I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, Nathaniel will take us into the games. Hot dog. Hi, everyone. This is your favorite host, Matthew. This week's episode is brought to you by Guardian Games, who we are proud to have as our sponsor. Guardian Games is Portland's largest gaming store. They have almost every game you can think of, be it role-playing, board game, card games, miniature games, even video games. They also have a ton of gaming-related material and some pretty neat swag. I mean, the D20 fuzzy dice that go in your mirror, that's good stuff. If, you, uh, <laughs> if you're 21, uh, you can have a drink in the back at the Critical Sip. Booze makes gaming better. Always has, always will. There's free games back there. You'll love it. 
Uh, they also have a friendly and incredibly knowledgeable staff, and they are the hub of a diverse and friendly gaming community. Um, if you're in Portland, you definitely want to go to Guardian Games. Cowabunga, dude. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> this was uh, an interesting episode. Michelangelo would have done that so smoother. Yeah. Try totally tubular. So go with, with massive or radical or maybe awesome. Who, who does the best Michelangelo in person? Mondo Fabuloso, guys. No, hey, you got to think Jeff that's Spicoli. That's Lego Batman. You got to think Jeff Spicoli from Fast Times Ridgemont High. Cowabunga, dudes. That was good. All right, so lead us into the gaming section. I don't know what I should say. I mean, let, let me let me try let me try one. Is it? Can I try? Yeah, it? yeah, go All for right. it. All right, bra. We're gonna get in here. We're gonna. Nope, nope. Oh, no bra. Oh, shut down. He said bra. <laughs> Michael and Joe would never say bra. Yes, he, he would. Have. Yes, he, he did. He said bro twice. No, he Mind said no. Fabulous. Bra. He said bra. He said twice. bra. 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 He doesn't say bra. We're gonna right, catch a sick wave. Guys. Give it. A, give it another shot. <laughs> no, it's passed. No, fuck you. Oh, oh. oh. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Trouble in you paradise. You ain't his huh? bra anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just messing around. You know, when you get home and you take the bra off, that's the end of the day. <laughs> I'd like you all to know that turtles have penises as long as their bodies. That's true. Which would now explains why April hangs around. And Casey Jones. Mm. Yeah, but those turtles actually had some camel toe going on. Did you notice that? <laughs> No, Some moose you on, were the only one that noticed that. Yep, turtle camel toe going on with this moose turtle toe as it. Yeah, affectionate. Moose knuckle, moose knuckle. Because moose wait, knuckle. is it turtle toe? Because there's two toes. This is a weird <laughs> rabbit hole we're going down. Let's go further. <laughs> <laughs> just go deep until it's Basa, just tight. Bassam, I'll have you lead us in with the, with that cowbunga. Cowbunga, dudes! It's time to play a game. All right. <laughs> We've coming back from the break here, and we've had a, a lively discussion about the movie, and now we're going to talk about some gaming. Holy stuff. shit! Has it been like three hours? Yep. <laughs> no, nah, dude, it's only been about twenty Two. minutes. Oh, good. <laughs> Whatever. If you cut this shit down to twenty minutes, you're an editing god. <laughs> I'm just going to cut that whole "you're an editing god" part. Oh shit! Because you said repeat. that in a nice, going to be that for twenty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> but you have to make it like a dubstep remix. Yeah. <laughs> On repeat, <laughs> just over and over, and then put it up on YouTube for like nine hundred ninety nine hours. Like Do one of those like Star Trek loops. warp <laughs> engines, <laughs> white noise. You're I think I'll, I'll remix it to you're like a techno God. song. That's how you're gonna sleep. <laughs> Do it, <laughs> Captain Jean Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. <laughs> Taking the office to Eisengard. To Eisengard. God. God. As we know, there is absolutely. No gameable content here. Yeah, no, I, I whatsoever. Couldn't, I couldn't no. All right, thanks for designing. listening, guys. We're over. See yep. you. We're done for the night. So there are actually. Do you want to do the honorable mentions first? I think we should because there's a couple of games that could. Work. I don't even want to talk about systems just yet. All right, what you I want to talk about the core themes. We all watched this movie, and aside from one of us who shall be shunned, we loved this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know I say this as I'm staring at Cranny, but I'm not, not who I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I love this movie. even look that way as I say it because it hurts. <laughs> the odd thing is, is that he's staring at him. He's staring back, and neither of them are blinking. This movie had a lot of gameable themes. What did you take from it? What elements from this movie do you think? Oh, this was the first take? combat. This was a campaign done quickly. Yeah. Tell this, me more. Well, um, they had never been agree. above ground. Yeah, I will completely agree with you. 
I mean, like they, I'm sure they had been above ground, but this was this was their debut, as it were, right? The turtles were were coming out as a crime fighting force. They'd only trained before. This, this, was what, a, this some was might a, say coming out of their shells. This was a mm. this was a level one Wah. only once. Group. <laughs> this right. is a level one group. Level yeah. one group. Yeah. Level one. A level one group of total badass. Instead of meeting in a pub, they met in a sewer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's min-maxed a little bit uh, because they were able to survive. Obviously, they were passing out experience at the end of each encounter, they have not at the end survival. of each session. Yeah. And they, had 15, <laughs> and they had 15 years of training. Yeah. They also beat the campaign in one session. Well, who's to say that this was the whole campaign? This could have simply no. been... A single this this could have been a convention one shot. No, nah, this, th- this was a whole module. This yeah, whole this, this was, was a module, module. one shot module. All right, you defeated the shredder, but there's still a greater threat beyond. Or congratulations, you Crang. defeated the shredder. The shredder could have been the monster of the week. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's too much backstory between him and and uh, he can return. And Splinter for that. He can return. Recurring and he villain. has and <laughs> he does. Yeah, he becomes a recurring villain in whatever campaign is being run. You see, if I was if I was running Turtles, Shredder wouldn't have died at the end of the movie. No, he does. I, I absolutely he, he, agree. Yeah, yeah. he, he does limped off. Yeah, he escapes. Yeah. He's in a trash compactor and they smash him into pieces. Or he and could we, have been that's salvaged by what, what was it in the show Worm? Things and he was mixed with a shark and there was lots of other things that happened. Krang, are you yeah. talking? What are you talking Uncle about? Uncle Phil, uh, cloned Shredder. He there. That is a thing that happens. Are you talking about the cartoon or what? Are yeah, you talking yeah, about? I'm talking about the cartoon. Uh, he doesn't have a clone in the original cartoon. I think so. Well, no. I know in the movie he gets pulled out of the trash dump and becomes Super Shredder yeah. with the ooze. Dude, and whatnot. spoilers. So the <laughs> oh, there are always spoilers. One of the re- recurring the- one of the themes that's laid down in this movie is the ooze, or as later shows call it, the mutagen. Yeah, that, mutagen. That is X. a that is a backstory thread that is never really followed in this movie. Random ooze. Okay, whatever. Move well, on. They they have this like quasi raccoon city in some of the non movie uh, lore of it. Like there's a there's a corporation that does this. They, yeah, they look like create, an umbrella, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it's kind of Umbrella Corp. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that, that's what they do is they you know, make radioactive Yeah, and you could totally ooze. delve into that in an extended campaign, the origin of the turtles, the origin of the ooze. Well, and the, if we're not talking about just the turtles, if you wanted to freestyle this, you could just use the mutagen as a backstory for a lot of characters. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost as if there's a game <laughs> entirely based on that. <laughs> almost. But we'll get to that in a bit. What other themes, though? Right now, you have well, there was themes the ob- of brotherhood. There was the obnoxious kid redemption story, which I yeah. didn't care okay. about. Obnoxious kid redemption um, story. He was a, loyalty cares about family. Yeah. Secret loyalty. underground thief uh, guild, basically thieves guild. They yeah. have a headquarters. Yeah. So you know, this is the kind of game that introduces the one heroes thing as I, I really like about uh, fantastically silly things like the Teenage Min- Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, is when they set them in a place like New York, so that when you do game them. You literally pull up a map, and you have your game environment. I love doing that in so many games that I run set in the yeah. modern day. Take a map of your city, wherever you live. You set it down. You have landmarks. Everybody knows those landmarks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're very familiar. We used to do that a lot with LARPs or tabletop games like World of Darkness or even post-apocalyptic games. I know I've run a number of, okay, the bomb has fallen. You're in Portland what do you do kind of games? Well, I'm not going to reveal my plan because I have a plan. <laughs> I am I not surprised. I don't want surprised. you getting in on my plan. 
I would love to be part of your plan. Does your plan not involve helping your friend? No. Then we can do the podcast by helping after I mean, the mom. Is that choosing his own sauce? Or? He helps you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're going to need somewhere I mean, for he's your from wrist the south. to go. I'm thinking Cajun, right? I'm spicy. You have brothers. Mm-hmm. So you have that, that brotherhood rivalry. Fatherhood and You've sons. The, again, you, Leonardo and Raphael, there's there's definitely that, that lead sibling rivalry. Clearly, one of them is number one and one of them is number two. Number three and number four don't really give a shit. Yeah. Because well, they're they, three they and actually four. have this really great interaction between yeah. each other. Like Donatello and um, Michelangelo, those guys are close. Yep. I, right? think, I, mean, I think they are number three and number four. They're just yeah. as close. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're the yeah. character actors. Yeah. Like the, the Raphael and Leonardo are the lead characters. Um, and this is the first time in Turtle history when a brotherhood dispute existed was in this movie. Yeah. Between the turtles. Yeah. Really? Yeah. In the cartoon, never does Leo and Raphael vie for control over the group. Well, Raphael is cool but rude. Yeah. And Leonardo, he's so edgy. He's a party dude. Yeah. (laughs) Which I feel is very appropriate in the show. And Leonardo is the leader of the group transformed from the (laughs) Nova. And he's made of poop. But bringing it back to the brotherhood rivalry. Yes. It's it's a common theme. It's easy to bring into games. Yes. So for something like that, you want to kind of have a game that has, I would say, what tangible hooks or... Uh, tags that you can bring into play. Because a lot of games, you know, you're, you'll make a character and you'll have a backstory, and the backstory is uh, super complex. A lot of times, the GM doesn't give a shit. And the rest of the group doesn't give a shit because you made it in a void. And it's but if you thing. make your team of brothers as a group and you build that in together, something like that, I think, is something you would want to do together. You would want to make all of your characters. At the same time, maybe in what they call a session zero, where mm-hmm. yeah. we're going to play a game, we're going to sit down. Escape so from the pet store. Before we even play the game, we're actually going to sit and make characters together. We're going to tie off of each other's little narrative hooks. Okay, you're, yeah, you're the favorite. You're the one that every, you're the one that the master likes. Mm-hmm. But you are the second. You're the one who lives in the favorite shadow. You're the star screen. So now we have some. <laughs> Sound was oh. better. Star screen's such a bitch. I don't know if that's you a like good that parallel. Now? You like that now? Star scream is a bitch. Absolutely. So you would want to have a session zero for a game like this because you want that cross table interaction. Whereas the other two players are like, can we just can we just be cool? And yeah, like, no, yeah, no, let's just be cool with each other. Yeah, no one. We're, we're the cool party over here while you two are rivalries. Mm-hmm. No, no one in here is is mercenary though, and that's something that comes up on a lot of uh, on a lot of tabletops is characters just looking out for themselves, especially if they're new to playing in alignment. It's so easy to just be like, yeah, I'm gonna go get yeah. gold, and I care about only myself. Yeah. The movie leads you on initially. Leading you to think that Raphael might be mercenary because he a tends bit, to yeah. go off on his own, but then it always brings it back. I love how quickly they become a team again. Yeah, like I'm very happy that that Raph was only like this uh, enemy for only a short while, and then immediately it's like, yeah, you're right, we're a fucking team. Let's fucking do was, some shots. He wasn't like, even an enemy. He was just more a trouble. He was a troubled teenager. He yeah. had the angst. He yeah. had all the angst. Yeah. yeah, I think Casey Jones is a good mercenary. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think we talked enough about Casey Jones, but for in the world where 
turtles are crazy, powerful mutant monsters. Casey Jones can kind of keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. And and that's maybe not as powerful as, as one of the mutants, but still a very powerful human character. If we were creating If you wanted to ask for a sport for a kind of powerful human character, he did play professional hockey one year. This is true. He, and oh, those wow. are some... Badass motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> he he's the Krillin of the group. I thought yeah, he played okay. baseball. I thought that's hockey. What, no hockey. Hockey. Okay. He was a hockey player. Casey Jones is a good example of a character in a point by system who put all of his points into sports, into badassery, all of his sports. points into strength and agility and constitution. Nothing into anything else. He really, definitely no charisma. <laughs> definitely not. He took flaws as womanizer, <laughs> douchebag, poor with words. Like he definitely min max that character. He's like, okay, I'm gonna make. He's like, all right, cool. I'm car- I'm player number six in this group. But on- <laughs> wait, wait. Only- oh, you all are brothers. He came in the next day as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He showed up the like next it was day. The first, there was the first game, and then. Hey, I have a friend. Can he play? Oh, sure. Come on by. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they're all like, oh, you guys are turtles? I don't want to be a fucking turtle. I'm I like it. My character is going to be weirded out by that and also very upset. Either that or he was. <laughs> so April, the player for April, like she was really into it. And the next day, she's like, I want to bring my boyfriend, but he's not really into gaming. <laughs> What's he into? He's into sports. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I guess you could bring your gaming, your, your non-gaming boyfriend to the group. What's he going to do? He's just going to sit here at the table and flex a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, talk about his sports no, days. No, that's, that's doing it in we'll play a bar- Let's play Jones, a barbarian. So. Yeah. My name's Casey Jones, and I can only refer to female characters as like... Uh, uh, Babe or Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't actually call Sweet them by cheeks. their names. Has anyone toots actually used Toots in 20 years? Like, uh, <laughs> not to get laid. <laughs> or I think not, my dad did. Not even still in a things. polite or comical conversation. I just know. <laughs> toots is dead. Toots is dead. So we got Brotherhood. We got the bro who showed up at the second yeah. session. Can I talk about my, you don't think one of April's my favorite themes? What was your Sorry. favorite theme, Granny? One of my favorite themes is that their their sensei, their their iconic master, is immediately like held hostage, and they have to go and rescue him. And it's like, no matter what differences they have, they have to put them aside to rescue Splinter. Well, F- Splinter is, in, for all intents and purposes, their father. Family. Yeah. yeah. But you could turn that into a mechanic. If you have a group that's like... I think they did. Splinter well, gets captured a lot. If you have a, <laughs> yeah, it's what I'm saying kind of his it's, it's one of the recurring themes. What I'm saying is, if let's say you got a group that isn't quite buying into the whole role-playing the family thing. Mm-hmm. They just want to go forth and kick ass. And they're like, all right, well, we're just going to hang around town and kick ass and fight crime. But you really want to get them into the story... You could introduce a mechanic where the only way for them to level up is to have a teacher who Ooh. teaches them the next things. And now kidnap their teacher. Oh, oh that, fuck. That, now we got to go get our teacher back. We it's can't actually level up. Fairly, fairly brilliant. I like yeah. that. Yeah. It also helps that like, if you're the DM, like you... You role play Splinter as like the coolest fucking guy that ever existed. The most peaceful, like level headed dude that ever existed in life. With just this wealth of information. Yeah, well, you yeah. want him on your side. Yeah. He's your plot tool. He, yeah. Absolutely. He, he tells he tells the group. He he the, the episode starts. Splinter is there giving them he He's introduces meditating. you introduce each session or each adventure with a new quip of wisdom from the mentor. 
and maybe you introduce a minor conflict in the group, and then you get to tie that into some kind of an Aesopian moral lesson. Yeah, I think it would it would be really handy to have like the I Ching or something like that at the table, yeah. something with a, a whole bunch of Eastern wisdom that's a paragraph or less. What I do you play? You know? I am playing a monk in a fifth a ed game cookie. right now, and I haven't played a monk since I was a teenager. But this time I decided I wanted to play the the weirdly quipping monk. So I have on my tablet that I use to game, I have five different website opens that I can, in each one, you just refresh the website, and it gives you a different new random wise sounding quote. <laughs> my favorite Excellent. one is the Deepak Chopra one. I think I hope I got that name right. Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra, I think. Yeah. Is, yeah. It's just random Deepak Chopra quotes, and they are all so wonderful because they make no sense, but out of context they out of context they sound incredibly wise. Yeah. So you could have a random Deepak Chopra quote generator if you wanted to truly portray master. Someone splinter. designed that and made a website for it. With an alligator opens its mouth wide, it comes down with such force. That you will truly know who is the master. Never stick your dick in alligator. <laughs> Confucius says those who dream of pudding will wake up with with dreams of their butt. <laughs> he who stand <laughs> on no, no, toilet. No, just, just period, right there. <laughs> he who stand on toilet, high on pot. I've heard that one for That's a very, good. very That's long time. One. So, Matthew. Yeah. With these themes in mind... I understand that you've come with an idea yeah, for an extended I wanted, campaign. I, I am not as familiar as these two with uh, all the Turtles material, but I've watched We're most of the cartoons. only familiar with the animated. Okay. I've watched well, most yeah. of the cartoons. I have I watched all the movie and uh, all the movies, plural. <laughs> and uh, for this one, I wanted to do something that hasn't been done yet. So what I did is uh, it's, it's Turtles in Japan. And the thought behind this, the background is uh, Splinter's master, uh, his old master, the, the one who was killed, yeah, uh, and leader of the Japanese branch of the Foot Clan, Hamato Yoshi. Hamato, that was it, Hamato yeah, Yoshi. Um, actually had a child by some woman before he met this wife that he and the Shredder fought over. Now, that child still resides in secrecy in Japan. Um, unfortunately, that child has just been found. Uh, the ghost of Yoshi comes to Splinter in a dream or, or meditation because apparently in this universe, meditation, meditation is, is in fact legit. magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is a very prominent theme of astral fucking projection. Yeah. yeah. So, I was very excited to so bring you that can into use this. use all yeah. of that. Yeah, I mean, you whatever you need to have done, whatever information you need, someone's meditating. Sometimes when I'm meditating, I hear the sound of the Imperial March. That's all right. That realize... Usually when you're pooping. Yeah, because I'm not meditating. <laughs> I'm just he calls him meditating. I'm pooping on the pot. I'm <laughs> loud. <laughs> I poop hard. On Don't you the just hate it when you have real loud poops? <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> so, daughter, meditation, um, splinter. Yeah, uh, ghost of Yoshi comes to splinter in a dream or a meditation and tells him of the existence of his uh, of the daughter, who I thought should be named uh, Yamato because I like the space battleship Yamato, but I think that's a mm -hmm. male name. I, think I don't, it would be I don't know. Reminds me of a uh, Starcraft, the Yamato Cannon. Yeah, that's which is wave motion from Star Blazer. Yeah. Space um, anyway, he implores Splinter to save her because she is the rightful heir to the. That's foot right. Plan. What if her name Ooh, were Vanessa? Karai. Oh, okay. Karai is Could his I? actual daughter's name. Yeah. 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 
Now, the present Foot Clan in Japan is being led by Tatsuo, who did not die and was not at the police scene at the end of the movie. Tatsuo. So as far as we know, he's still Kanedo. out in large, right? And I don't think anything else has ever happened to him. Yeah. No, he's in the movie, too. So what mo- he did was he returned to Japan, took control of the, ah. of the foot there, and business as normal. Um, so he vanished. Yeah. The Tatsu vanish. Uh, he learned of Go the child, uh, probably through records of the, uh, the old owner, and has uh, kidnapped her to secure his place as the leader of the clan. Uh, the turtles must travel to Japan uh, by boat, as airline would probably be really hard to get on board. So you have this entire travel scene that you have to go through where your players have to figure out how to get to Japan. Then they have to find the Foot Clan. Then they have to find the daughter and rescue her. Can I add to that a little bit? Oh, by all means. So I, I mostly know of the turtles through the animated cartoon from the 80s. They have a very ridiculously uncanny ability to blend in even though when you see them they have these ridiculous like giant fat baby masks even in the <laughs> movie Raphael goes to see critters yeah i'm wearing a trench coat so people can't tell that i'm a turtle yeah. where did i get these ideas I, hey, I, hey, hey bogey yeah, yeah I, I i will say that that could probably work in new york Maybe sure. nowhere else on the planet well, could it work as driver. well as it works in New York. I do feel like they could probably get on an airplane somehow. Not what, today. What well, no, ca- not today. <laughs> what was it no one can get on an airplane today. This is pre-9-11. Yeah. No, the, the campaign um, is set before 9-11. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was Casey Jones. Was like, he was like, you know, what are you, a punker? And then he was like, oh, what's up, bogey? Because he had the trench coat no, on no, and the, the, the fedora. The cab driver when Raphael... Oh, was, he's like, oh, it's just, it looks like just some some guy in a turtle suit. Yeah. So you're a, going little Guardia? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's basically it. They have to find and rescue the uh I like the, it. The but now, okay, climb. now let's talk about opposite motivation. Why would Shredder want that? Shredder wouldn't. Well, he hasn't mentioned Shredder. Shredder's yeah, no, why culture. would Shredder be against it? Shredder is dead. Oh, are you saying Shredder's not part of this? I, what, what I do or with are this you is, I, is, is I just uh, take... Tatsu. Tatsu's, Tatsu's the, the big bad guy yeah. now. Okay. I, I only take what's available in the movie. Okay, fair enough. Because so, we think Shredder's does dead. Does this take place like after the movie then? Almost immediately. Yeah. Okay, so Shredder ju- was just killed in a, in a trash can. Tatsuo runs off. He's catches he, a flight. They to shut down Red all Eye, the garbage mattresses in the detention level. <laughs> Goes to Japan, is trying to reorganize this, finds out about this girl, and it's, it's the quest to rescue her. April gets them on the plane. Because April has a press pass to do a story in Japan. That could work. Ooh, I like that. So why, why is Casey going with them? We gotta bring Casey on this. Well, he's a human; he can just buy a ticket. Yeah, yeah Casey just true. does what he wants to do. Yeah, they could say, "Hey, do you want to go to Japan?" And he goes, "Okay." Yeah. I don't even think they'd ask can him. We I bust think some he'd heads? just be like, yeah. "Yeah, I guess we're going to Japan." Um, you can Dirt do a bag. lot of like really fun random encounters too in Japan. Like um, you were descended I- upon by a flock of giggling cosplayers. Uh, <laughs> there's a giant mecha. I mean, you you can get away with a lot of Yakuza, stuff. Godzilla. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. Teenage that you can Ninja toss Turtles in. versus Godzilla. Yeah, that'd be before awesome. Before you actually have the showdown, which I think would be a lot of there fun. There could be so many like little boss fights and you through could, that whole thing. You could be seeding in little um, little like points of contact with the Utram or the Krang. And start building up to a bigger threat, like an I really wanted threat. to include Krang because I fucking love Krang because he's a brain. Oh, he's my mm-hmm. favorite. Um, 
but I was just he's going with the movie. He's not in the movie. Yeah. 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 I really he was wish supposed that to be. Bebop originally. and Rocksteady were in the movie. I know. Yeah. That's what's the most disappointing. When you we know, do too. But here's the thing. In a world where mutagen exists, you can create bad guys with mutagen. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's in the movie. Mm-hmm. You can make a big bad guy. I think Tatsu or whatever. I think that's. Sorry, go ahead. Something that Dusty, something that you said earlier just suddenly hit into my brain. What's that? Let's take some movies and cross them together. So, like Teenage Mutant Turtles and Godzilla? No. Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. So you have Umbrella with a little facility somewhere here under Raccoon City. You're all going to die down here. Doing a weird thing with Mutagen. Mm -hmm. And then you have Umbrella doing something else in New York with Mutagen. Oh, my God. Suddenly now we have crossed things over. That's it. Done. <laughs> Moving on. We the have a great M-Virus. game. Right there. Okay. Yeah. Ninja Turtles go. versus zombies. Oh, that would that's be just horrible. Yeah, yeah. I think. But, yeah. Foot are I like the zombies. idea of going to Japan. I think that is fantastic. Now, the Ninja Turtles. I think they could in, find out more about their heritage, about the Foot Clan. Yeah. There, there's there's a lot of little things that, like if you wanted to play it from a storyteller. Uh, point of view and less of a numbers game. And you can get some inspiration just... because they frequently cross over with Usagi Ojimbo. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a little bit more time travel involved in that. But for some reason, the turtles in New York City randomly find themselves falling through time to Edo, Japan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and hanging out with an anthropomorphic rabbit in a version of the world that only exists full of animals. That could give you some inspiration, but it's not modern. So yeah, uh, you could watch any kind of nineteen late eighties, early nineties Japanese movies and get some inspiration from now, them as well. There's a lot of things you could do, especially with the game. I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure. I don't know what that game is. Maybe it's going to be the last one we talk about. I, I will say that it's uh, done by a uh, a company that has some sort of, like, meta world that everything from everywhere can meet up in. So, like, if you were using that, the possibilities are literally endless. Possibilities are endless. I feel like so I'm always good. something. Before we talk about <laughs> that game, which it, we're on the same page, you suddenly reminded me of two games that I didn't even take notes about. One was a Kickstarter game by Ilo Asanta. It's called The Ninja Crusade. The Ninja Crusade could do this. I have a book. It's still shrink-wrapped. I'm sorry, Eloy. I haven't read your game. I really should. It looks really good. High production value. I think it could do it from what I've heard of this game. But another game that I have a little bit more experience with is called Shinobigami. Now, Shinobigami is a... It's more of a story slash action game. The closest thing I can compare it to is what we did in episode two, Wushu. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. A lot of similarities with Wushu. But your character is a little bit more developed than that. You actually have like secrets that you can use against each other. And you have missions and you have goals. Again, there's some dice rolling. It's, it's very similar to that open-ended nature of Wushu. But most of the game is narration of action. And... Your characters have conflicting ninja goals. Your characters are all representatives of ninja clans that are conflicting with each other. Some of your characters may be allies. Sometimes you can narrate yourself into scenes with other characters if you have a connection with them. It's a really cool game. I'm going to give a quick shout-out to the One-Shot Podcast. They do a lot of actual play recordings. They have an excellent like two or three parts miniseries on Shinobagami 
I highly recommend you listen to it. It is fantastic, and okay. it tells the game better than I ever could. And the people are really fun to listen to. One of them is a redneck, and it's wonderful. <laughs> it takes me back home. Matthew? Well, I, I think that's that's all well and good, but we should really just go with the winner on this one. And as we all know, the winner is always Palladium, and it's always going to be <laughs> Ninjas and Super Spies. You know, you could do Ninjas <laughs> oh, and sorry, Super Spies on this. <laughs> you really could. Ninjas and Super Spies has a number of good fighting styles. So I just I just watched his there, face go, don't, there is a, don't you burst my bubble, don't you blow There is a right ninjutsu now. in it, and yeah. Ninjas and Super Spies could work, especially if you want to do this globe-hopping thing. You could use that to bring in new characters for something else, which mm -hmm. we'll touch on that in a bit. Quick note, personally, personally, if I were to run a Ninja Turtles game at my home, they'd, I be, they'd be riding motorcycles. <laughs> you know, there's a book for that. But <laughs> Oh, it, is there? <laughs> there? There is a book for that. It's right there. Uh, but if I were to run Ninja Turtles game at home... I would personally run Savage Worlds. It's the game I know the most. All you need is the core book, and I think you could use a sci-fi companion because it has a built-in way to create your alien race. But whatever, just build a turtle with the race creator, and boom, that's your race. Mm -hmm. Select some martial arts abilities, and hurrah! Because Savage Worlds has a really good way of fighting mooks, and the Ninja Turtles predominantly fight mooks absolutely you want to get into a combat where you can defeat eight to ten different mooks with one attack you just want to take them all down because it's not a mount it's not about individual fights with each enemy you want to have some high full crazy ninja action so a game system that you can have a really fast fight with such as savage worlds which i can run right now without any books on hand because i know it so well I could do Savage Worlds. That's what I would do. However, yeah, that's... Yeah, but there, there, wouldn't you say there's a better one? I by, would say... By there... a, a better company that's just... That's, let's just face <laughs> there's it. There's a better Here we go. Here we you go. mean Vacor? Uh-oh. Out! Uh-oh. Listen, I don't know what you think about it. I've only played a little bit, but I feel like the turtles have such a... Each of the turtles have such distinctive characteristics that fake core, the flaw system, and everything like that could really be interesting to play around with. I'll tell you what, Bassam. Yeah. Give me the Are we elevator not friends pitch. Anymore? No, give me the elevator pitch. I personally am the only person in this group of people who has read or played Fate. I'm not a fan, but I'm not going to bash it. I want you to give it an objective elevator pitch. I feel like Fate Core or Fate is is one of the systems where you can easily have a weird interdimensional portal pop out of nowhere and adjust accordingly very quickly and have the players not be too confused. And I think that running the like I'm just thinking of like Raphael alone would be so fun to play with as a Fate character with all his flaws and strengths that you just be able to do so much with it. I don't know. A system where weird interdimensional portals appear out of nowhere and you just go with it? Did Palladium do that, too? I don't know <laughs> if that's ever been done before. You, you guys haven't listened to our podcast before you came on it, but this is kind of our running gag. He hates D&D, &D and I love Palladium. And, you know, they're both true. I don't hate D&D. &D. Yeah, well, I don't love Kevin Costner, so suck 16 of them. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I want to give some mentions to some things that our listeners have told me when I was polling around for this. One... 
was people have mentioned that g- games that we've already talked about, Wushu and Feng Shui, could do this very well. Our listener, Mo Tusano, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Sounds right. The more I think about Feng Shui, the better it sounds in my head. Just have to avoid some traps. Like, don't force the turtles, Splinter, Bebop, Rocksteady, whatever, to use the transformed animal templates. Instead, well, Rocksteady might work, but Splinter is totally the old master, and the mutant abomination from first edition would be good for many foot baddies. Each turtle having to take different foo tree abilities would fit really well with Splinter having all of them. And of course, Casey Jones is the everyman hero template. Yeah. Remember the everyman I hero? Do. He had the yeah. six pack and the yep. trucker hat. Yeah. Uh, our listener, Ben Blanding, told me that the 1990s RPG underground has some neat neighborhood mechanics that would be cool focus of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game if you wanted to base the game in your neighborhood and kind of build it out and protect the neighborhood and have the neighborhood have like events that affect Like if you weren't playing the turtles themselves, but if you were playing like a mutagenic species, um, that's actually a really good idea. Like, instead of New York, you protect a suburb. Yeah. yeah. And finally, our listener, Jerome, who uh, specifically has words for us about our dislike, 4th edition D&D, <laughs> says that Gamma World 7th edition would actually work really well for this. I was going to mention 7th. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was, th- I was yeah, thinking that definitely, one. Definitely. A little bit. Wait, 7th edition? Which they I made... believe is the 4th ed version. It's it's a box set. What what are, what are his words about 4th ed? Because I know I ragged on it real hard. Yeah, you, you should did. check our Discord server for it's those It's probably words. something along the lines uh, it of, is a... you don't like 4th edition? You can suck a dick! <laughs> if you haven't listened, uh, if you haven't checked out our Discord server, I highly recommend that you do so. We have some conversations there. What is it called? We links. It's Half Movies Will Game. Oh, There's a link okay, yes. on our website. To the Discord. And I think everywhere else, too. So, clearly, the winner of this episode <laughs> Who's it is by? the Heroes. This, no, it's Rift. No, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. By Palladium Games. <laughs> you did that well. Thank Finally, you. we have talked about Palladium I think every, every episode. episode. It's and like, now we it's get like a lot of fucking foreplay. And this right. is the main course. This is full <laughs> on. This is, this is the main course. <laughs> you, just, you, just, you just went in, unmoved, just uh, bam, right we came in. came to it as boys, but so we're leaving men. There, there it is. is as he drops the five books of, of this game the on the table. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles licensed role-playing game from Palladium Books. Now, oh, this is like I've an old this. friend to me. Now, well, we they, don't they, I never had this one. Is this the one that brings it into Rifts? Well, that's the transdimensional, yes. Yeah. Is that the one with them surfing? No, 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 no. This is the one that takes oh, them oh. into the future with giant robots. We did a two-episode special where we actually ran through the Palladium TMNT game. Yeah, I made a We bunch will totally be linking that in our show notes <laughs> because that is a fantastic thing for us to connect to. It was fun. So it was. this is Palladium. We've talked about Palladium so much. A real quick uh, recap about what Palladium is. Palladium oh, so is happy. a night. Early 80s? I, I'm actually... Started early 80s. Yeah. I'm, I'm rough on my The artwork is history. better than the game. I believe it started with a game called The Mechanoids. I think that was their first published uh-huh. thing. And then they went to Palladium Fantasy, which was in many ways considered to be kind of an AD&D heartbreaker. And then finally they published Rips, which became their flagship game and introduced 
the concept of the megaverse. Well, you you left Robotech out. Robotech. I, I was uh, never super into the RPG, so I don't know where it fits in the history. But I understand Robotech was a mega damage was, started. Yeah, and it was also a very very big deal when it first dropped. You know, it's, every, it's kind of a big deal. Okay, can I point out something I'm very just, important about this Palladium work of art here? It's all done by the artist. It's all done by the artist, but no, I don't mean I don't mean literally the work of art on the cover. I mean that this book is a work of art because you're missing you're missing some key words here. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness. Yeah, keywords that make it. Open up like the world opens up because of those three words and other yeah. strangeness. You don't just play Ninja Turtles. No, you, you can, can play, play any mutant there, animal. You, my my my, what have we here? You can play dogs oh, and cats. We, and, there's a character and rabbits and everything. Let me, let me see. Let me see that. I don't think that's my handwriting. Health twenty three. Alien Vega. Tatlion. Cletus Pyle Podang. That's my character. <laughs> the mutant gorilla. <laughs> wow. He was a mutant gorilla mechanic. Look at his stats. This, this was, oh, this was an urban dog. Wow, his shepherd. Name, oh, so this, this takes me back to a Palladium game that I played when I was Motherfucker was rich. Yes. If, so you, if you roll right, you get real rich. Everything is randomly rolled, including your origin. So you could create a character who was done through accidental mutation, like the Ninja Turtles were. You could have a character who was gone through military experimentation, experimentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, through corporate experimentation. And then how you escaped, who raised you, yeah. all that kind of stuff is part of your John backstory. John Deerhat, a lot of C4 explosives <laughs> is, is what's written here. Winnebago. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> kick-ass computer. All that- kinds of lockpick stuff. <laughs> Jesus. Very specific. Yeah. Can openers. Because the lockpick stuff wouldn't work. <laughs> Sometimes you just need the sledgehammer. I haven't thought about this character in a long time. A damn good van. <laughs> was, was it airbrushed man. on the side? It was. <laughs> it had a gorilla wizard. Nice. Matthew's reading my character sheet for the last time I played Ninja Turtles. Let me see. Let me see that. Right, I wanna, here you go. His you name is Cletus Pyle Podanger. Last time we he played. was actually based on a cousin of mine. <laughs> I hope your cousin does. Um, he's he's no longer with us. So, okay. so. D- despite all the banter back and forth and whatnot, this is a solid choice. This is yeah, literally is. written for this, and I've played this. This is one of the few Palladium games that I've actually played, uh, besides an abortive Rifts and way too much Robotech. I would gladly run Palladium for you anytime, any uh, setting. Oh, if you got him moist. Um, <laughs> Like, really, we shouldn't have gotten leather chairs. But, <laughs> hey, dude, they were free. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is this is a fantastic game. I've played it before. And one thing that they, they managed to do that they never managed to do when they do when they do an adaptation like this is it, it feels right. It feels pure. The writing is correct. They, they never go off on flights of fancy that are too far from the source material. It's just, it's it's good, it's solid, and when you're playing it, it feels right. These books literally have comics drawn by the creators. Yeah, yeah. Them. yeah they are one hundred percent illustrated. Yeah, it's by amazing. The original creators. Mm-hmm. So this game has this is a surprisingly extensive game. It setting. is so complicated. <laughs> well, honestly, I don't think Ninja Turtle. I don't think the Palladium system is that complicated. My problem. With I mean, this, the I'm my thing is the skill system in this game is. Very vague. It, yeah. Radium yeah. doesn't explain itself well. Yeah. 
and learning how to play by reading a book is very difficult. In order to learn how to best play the game, you need to be taught by somebody who knows how to play the game. Exactly. Going back to Matthew's statement that Palladium is the best, what, STD in the gaming industry. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those that once you, learn, know, once you know how to play, you have a fantastic time, but the rules really don't present themselves well. However, this is one of the better presentations. This game was not written by Kevin Ciambietta. Oh, this game it? was oh, written it's not. by the late, amazing Eric Wujic. Eric was yeah. one of the staples of the Palladium industry and at the time was considered one of the best writers that they had. Eric then went on to do a few games of his own, one of which you may have heard, which is Amber Diceless. Eric is was himself prolific, and he died in the early 2000s. Uh, I had the joy of playing in an amber game with him at dragon con one year and it, it was amazing so anyway eric thanks for this amazing game and now we're going to gush some more about it what i have brought are multiple copies of the core rules and several of the expansions this game was drifted off into a second game called after the bomb yeah after the bomb was initially meant to be a very small footnote like a couple of paragraphs in the alternate settings GM section of the core book of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Did you mean very small foot clan? Absolutely. A very small <laughs> foot say, clan. You note. did all those puns. You yeah, you, you're kind of <laughs> lacking you're committed now, now yeah. man. But the writers thought it was so good, and they kept writing more and writing more and writing more. That eventually they released a sixty-page or eighty, sixty or eighty-page mini supplement called "After the Bomb." It created an alternate world, twenty-first century Earth, where the bombs had been dropped and the world was completely dominated by mutant Mutants. animals, born of humans or mutant born animals. animals. Mutant animals. So you could take the Ninja Turtles and play them in a setting that did not shun them, where they were not secret, where everybody was like that, hearkening back to the Usagi Ojimbo comics, but take it to a modern day, post-apocalyptic. If anybody's read the Usagi Ojimbo comics, every character is a mutant animal, or is an anthropomorphic animal. Yeah. So after the bomb became its own line, but it was very heavily merged with the Ninja Turtles setting. So every book that they released had information for both games. It's because they used the same character creation. They used the exact same system, what used called bioenergy. So you had a number of bio-e points, which you bought your mutations with, including everything from human-like hands to the ability to talk. And the size of your character. And the size. And how human-like. Mutants of the Yucatan is one. Turtle's Guide to the Universe is another. I brought the GM screen. Roadhogs is kind of like Mad Max, except it takes place in California. <laughs> Mutants Down Under, which is Mad Max. Yeah. Uh, two copies of the rules here. Transdimensional Ninja Turtles, which brings everything into the Rift's uh, multiverse, megaverse setting. The only things that I am missing are three books. I do not have Turtles Go Hollywood. That's the one I was talking about. <laughs> with the surfing foot clan on a highway. I, That's awesome. I do not have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures, which expands mm -hmm. things into a number of adventures and campaigns. And I do not have my favorite 
trucking turtles. Oh, dear oh, Lord. <laughs> Matthew, you are obviously 100% on board here. Tell oh, me yeah. more about your experiences with this game. Uh, I... Well, you know, I was really drunk. It laid me down. <laughs> Good start. Said Good sweet start. words into my ear, and I was just putty in its hands. I mean, isn't that um, how everything happens? It was, uh, God, I want to say ninth grade, eighth grade. Yeah, around, a, you, around about eighth grade. Then you end up with a D20 in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, and nine months I had the later. pirates go from eight to close, everybody. I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong, but... <laughs> No, um, th- no, that was my first introduction. Uh, the um, it's called same the dice bag. Do you want to know the story? <laughs> Please go ahead. Um, the same guy who uh, who uh, I first played BattleTech with. Anything non D and D, I actually got through this one friend, and he showed me I this had that friend yeah, as well. Because we were all into um, we were all into uh, the show, and you know the movie was just about to come out, and everyone was really excited, and. It, Plopped the book down on the cafeteria table, and no one went to class for the rest of the day. That's a good like, friend. We, we, we straight up yeah. skipped school and played fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I had the same experience, but with Palladium Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. You reviewed this on one of your episodes. Yeah. We so played I was, it. Tell us more. So yeah. I was a GM. And I was the GM, and um, I made everyone characters with a little bit of input. I didn't randomize everything. What did you think about the character creation process? Character creation process, once you kind of get a hold on it, it's not too bad and it's pretty fun honestly it feels like they were just so excited about making mutant animals that those are the only rules they paid attention to and they reprint and redesign and restructure them in every single mm-hmm. book all of the after the bomb stuff uses the same things yeah every time they come to because they're setting, so excited about it well every time they go to a new setting they're like all right forget all those here's brand new ones okay so we made cranston a character it was a billy goat with like Street punk attitude, like hip hop. Was, was it like piece my, of shit? My, like my character was a, was a Billy yeah. Goat who okay. was very uh, full of himself. Uh, yeah, very uh, gold chain. Like his 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 uh, his uh, oh his wool, wool. <laughs> was, was was formed into like a sweater vest. So he had like shaved arms, but he had like this wool <laughs> vest, and then he had this big old gold chain, <laughs> and his like. His horns were like these slicked back horns. That sounds what very like grease. Very, yeah, yeah, gotcha. that's exactly right. Uh, and then uh, I forget what everyone played, but there was Sarah played a rat. And when I when I made the rat, I didn't give it any points to become bigger or more human like. So it's literally <laughs> it's, rats. it's literally a psychic rat with with psychic powers. It's the Professor X rat. Yeah, that's basically it. That was pretty good, and uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun, and we we were able to kind of really enjoy the characters and just fuck around for a little bit until we got the story started. We had fun with a Technodrome. We had fun with Bebop and Rocksteady, you know, kind of a cliffhanger at the end. It was just a short, like, two-hour session yeah. um, for for podcasting's sake, you know, um, but it was it was pretty fun, but yeah, I think the character creation... And having fun with the character is the most fun. Part. I thought that was my favorite part. I feel like I'm the least experienced uh, as far as Palladium goes, but I'm always into theory crafting for anything, video games, RPGs. And like the fact that they gave you so many points, it's like, how human do you want to be? How animal do you want to be? Do you want to be super strong? Do you want to be super fast? Or do you want to have like an opposable thumb so you can pick up things? You have to spend points. Mm-hmm. You have, have to spend them. An opposable yeah. thumb. Yeah. yeah. Which is important. 
Because do you want to be able to talk like a human? Well, you're going to have to spend the points. Yeah. That's why when I made Cletus Powell Podanger, the gorilla mechanic, I specifically chose a gorilla because they already get opposable thumbs for free. Yeah. And opposable toes. Yep. Um, how did you find combat? Because I'm pretty sure that the combat I played in this was, okay, you just roll these dice and I'll tell you what happens. So did you guys actually... So we did some combat, and combat is not bad when you're coming up with martial weapons and swords and stuff. Uh But when you start getting into probability of shooting guns and aiming and everything, it starts getting a little much. Yeah. Yeah. And it's at that point, I was like, all right, that rolled high enough. You hit with half of your bullets. But it wants you to count your bullets. It wants you to to say if you want to aim or just do a spray shot or whatever. I don't know. As a GM, I just kind of made it fun. I had I had places I need to be. You know right, what I mean? Right. So, a lot of hand waving. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme in Palladium. Yeah, and and that's fine. But I like more of a cooperative storytelling. Yeah. And with this game, at least, and again, maybe it's because it was a two hour podcast that you kind of have to move the ball. Right. You know, I know all about that. You know, you know about moving balls. I feel like you did a pretty I good do. job of that, though. Well, like, thank you. But I mean, combat was a thing in it but really it was just about the role playing like we wanted to tell a story that was entertaining for people to listen to exactly yeah that's essentially what we're aiming to do with this as well i believe that we could take this and make it an entertaining story yeah Yeah, i think so as well you matthew proposed a palladium streamline when we talked in the transformers episode oh yeah yeah there's a lot of house rules that you can take to make this magnificent and but somewhat unplayable game and make it so much better. I think it's 100% playable by somebody, run, run by somebody who knows the system. My contention is it's very hard to learn the system. Because I don't think anyone actually knows it. it. To you. I, I think even the people who pretend to know it just kind of made it up as they went. Yeah. I was directly taught by somebody who was taught by somebody who was taught by Kevin Simietta. I am three degrees of separation, of ga- gaming separation from Kevin. <laughs> I so like I know how to play the basic the Kevins. System. It's always the Kevins. Isn't always that how Kevins. like all board and role playing games go? Though it's they, like they all start with Kevins. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say like Kevin guy. You, you can read the rules and <laughs> yeah. glean glean what you can off of them, but ultimately it's like I don't know what this means. Yeah, you have roll to find a dice. The game. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah. I think the more complex ones definitely. There's a lot of simpler games that are easier to learn now that do a better job of in the text explaining how to play they will they will codify their mechanics like we talked in the labyrinth episode about how both meridian and heroin had very codified mechanics Mm -hmm. like they laid out you do this this structure and at this time when this thing is called for this is how it works palladium doesn't do that no it's just like, and all right, cool, you have an X percent. Either. Yeah, no. you're like, all right, cool, you have a skill at a 50% chance. Cool, go for it. But you're like, what does that skill do? What does mathematics do? How what do I have a do? 50% chance at mathematics? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a 50% chance to know what 3 plus 3 is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did you study regular math? Or did you study common core math? I think for like, you, Nathaniel, it's probably more like a 30% chance. Yeah, probably. Oh. Especially the longer this goes and the more I drink. And Seriously, yeah. that's a lot of hundred yeah, proof gone. <laughs> oh, I th- oh, I thought you were asking for more OGD. Uh, I would like to read just a moment. I'd like to read some of the skills here. An excerpt from the skills of the 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness Game Shield. Oh, these are not all the skills. These are the usable ones. <laughs> so, wait, wait. Does that mean there are unusable skills? Oh, I D&D think so. Too. Yeah, D&D has them all over the place. Certain unusable classes, skills, what do you mean? So, not only are there hand-to-hand... So, in hand-to-hand combat, okay? For instance, there's hand-to-hand basic. That's pretty standard. Hand-to-hand expert, okay? And then you can specialize. Hand-to-hand assassin. Hand-to-hand martial arts. And then there's different skill levels under each of those. And then hand-to-hand ninjutsu. So, even if you want to fight, there's like five different styles. And these are the useful things, all right? But when we're talking about, like, there's computer skills. And then there's also, like, telephone skills and tracking skills and um, how to use a sonar device or whatever. There's so many weird skills in this that I, I just can't even talk out. Do you know that you can turn into a Mulgara? I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mole. Uh, or a Mulgara, thank you. <laughs> my, my bad, I didn't mean oh, to offend their people. Boy. <laughs> I'm so culturally we're a pride. We're a prideful race. <laughs> yeah. You can be a partridge or a pheasant. Or a pear tree. Both under... <laughs> Both of this is on the game shield for some reason. Yeah, like, why do I need to know this? Yeah. Because it's important. Yeah, most of the stuff that's on that is I, for character creation... By the time you have the game shield out, you don't really need to know anything about character creation. Dusty? Point of note, a Mulgara is a carnivorous marsupial closely related to the Tasmanian devil. Then why is Tasmanian devil also <laughs> on here? It lives in the deserts and the bush of central Australia and are extinct in New South Wales. You're great. You sit on your tower with your <laughs> laptop and your Google yep. searches. Yes. Right. You're better than I'm, us. All we, have is, all we have is the name Mulgara and then the number 19 next Which to kind it. of really sums up Palladium right there, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> Any more thoughts on the game? We've talked mm, about it. I don't. We I've, have talked about Palladium so much on this podcast. I'm just glad that you brought Palladium to the table finally and said it was the correct game because I've been saying it since the beginning. I would play this with someone who knows how to play it because I taught myself how to play it. All right, calm down. You're, <laughs> you look too excited. Uh, I, I'd be down to try this again, not as a GM, but yeah, you know, I, but I, as a player. I think I would be willing to try and play it. the last time I tried playing Palladium, I was in fucking junior high. So that was a long time ago. That's like you know 48 me, man. years ago. You don't even ago. need to ask. Not just that long. I'm there. <laughs> Jeez, I know were... I have some gray right here, but it's not that long ago. If we were to run this for the show, if this does get voted on, this would be Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, and Michelangelo. I call dibs uh, on We have Donatello. stats for the fucking turtles dibs in the Leo. book. We don't even have to roll oh, to make That's the characters. That's so easy. We just start playing. Please make this one win so Bassman and I can come back. Yes. <laughs> and we would bring in Bassman and Cranny to play this game. <laughs> Watch it get voted number one, but then all the comments are like, <laughs> but not them. Yeah, it wins, but please don't have Bassman and Cranny come back. <laughs> probably need an April, too. We yeah. would probably need it. Well, no, I don't April know. could be I NPC. Could take April. April easily could be an NPC, a mission giver. She'll just show up on no, the TV. We know this is April could, O'Neil with Channel 6 April. News. We'll see if we can fill this table out with five players and a GM. Yeah, we could, yeah, we, we could all work space. on the camera angles. Yeah. 
Hey, it could work. All right. Uh, I I I, think I would we rather got not them. bring in April though. April was kind of boring. How and about more Mona Lisa or Karai? Karai would be badass. Or any of the other more interesting characters. Leatherhead. Or April. Well, what about Casey Jones? Casey Jones, a human with the mutants, yeah. sounds awesome. I'm I'll just be, saying. Fuck, I would absolutely take Casey. The Jones. The Ninja Turtles hasn't been known for its actually interesting female characters, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, whoever plays that character makes it interesting. You know, right? the sad part is that the movie April O'Neil is the best April O'Neil I've ever seen. True. Casey Jones. Casey's both a male and female. In that uh, reboot I just watched, the mm. computer animated one, she's actually like practicing with a sword and whatnot. Yeah. So the 2009 yeah. one. Oh, she also yeah. has access to all those sick like antiques. Yeah. Well, in the in the original comics, April O'Neil is secret. Oh boy, is secretly a plant, and she doesn't even know it. She's a sleeper agent clone of aliens. Is or she whatever. like a succulent or like a fern? Or get out of here, <laughs> deciduous. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was thinking coniferous. <laughs> I'm I'd just like saying Casey Jones her. is a very versatile name. Yeah. Yes, very oh, yeah. gender open. Yeah. More like it Casey is. Bones. That's from the porno. <laughs> now again. it's locked up again. That's, that's from the porno. <laughs> <laughs> that's her. That's his name yeah, in the I porno. Could, I could. I could totally see. Uh, you know, a, a female Casey Jones that was a hockey player and isn't anymore, and just goes out and beats the fuck out of people. Uh-huh. Oh, you could even combine April and Casey. April Jones. Casey, Casey O'Neill. O'Neil. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, but Casey Jones' whole name is built upon the whole mighty Casey stuff yeah. off the bat. Yep. I just like That's how true. they said that in like Dolby stereo surround sound as I heard it because it was exactly the same tonality mm-hmm. as you do. So. <laughs> we, we may have a little bit of experience conversing with each other. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, why don't we take this opportunity to tell people about uh, your uh, your podcast one more time and your site. Oh, shit. That'd be excellent. We have yeah. a uh, podcast called Turtle Power Pod. We watch every episode of the 1980s cartoon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then we give you a breakdown, and then we talk about how bad it actually was. And some good. I heard some good on some of yeah, those. Some good, yeah. Some good stuff. You know, we have a good time doing it. I think that's what's the, I think the we're, most important. We're typically positive people. So if you really want to be. If you want to hear the sound of two spirits breaking... <laughs> I love always, if always, you, li- if you I, listen yes, to the, yes. if you listen to the first episodes, Bassum is really like, no, every episode is great. You're just not giving it a chance. And then his spirit slowly <laughs> dies, and then he he comes to my side. Now we're in season that four. About how yeah, I you felt. guys have a lot of episodes, don't you? Yeah, we, have we do. We yeah. have like because you're going through every every now. single episode. Right? Yeah, we're still yeah, we're we half, we're a little under halfway done. But um, but yeah, it's no, it's a lot of stuff, and we talk about other things. We do game episodes. We do all kinds of weird. The, obviously, the Palladium system. We do that one. And you guys have a YouTube channel that's connected to it as well. That's true. So we do. We put the episodes up on YouTube as well, most of them, so you can listen to them on there. But we have. So we keep track of a few things. Every time they break the fourth wall. Every uh-huh. time they say cowbunga. And, and uh, every every weird turtle pizza that they have. Yes. Now I watched one of these while we were doing our break there. Yeah. You put oh, that in your mouth. Lord. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> you both did that. Yeah. We we do th- we don't do that for us. We that do that was, for everyone else. So at home. that was just painful just to watch. Uh, thank you very much. Our so audience some votes. Of the pizzas. Yeah. Our audience votes on the pizzas, and then we we eat those. We figure out what they mean, and we eat those. Now pizzas. I remember some of the ones from the cartoon sounded pretty foul. Yep. 
Um, would you like to give a brief description of, to the listeners of the one in the video I just watched? So we want the Moscow s- Pizza Special. So during the episode, the person says, I forget who it was, but they say the Moscow Pizza Special. It's like a it was like at a restaurant, puck, yeah. like knockoff. So it's our job to decide what that means. But but we've as a as a team have said, well, for the turtles, they're fucking weird. And that means a cheese pizza with with normal red sauce, and then the toppings are whatever they are. Right. So the Moscow pizza special, we thought, what's Russian enough, right? So we thought potatoes and potatoes, vodka. Vo- yeah. They don't say what's on it, but it won, so we had to In figure case, out what that yeah. meant. Yeah. Some of them are weird, too. Like, there's, like, gazai leaf. Some of them are very specific, right? Yeah. Living meatball Living pizza. meatball pizza. I don't it's know like, what that is, but... If that one ever wins, we don't know how it's probably like raw. It's probably like raw meat. <laughs> oh, like my God. Don't there. say That's that. Don't say that. Tartar. Well, it doesn't have to be like raw, raw. Like, you know, as long as it has a function of wiggling, you can yeah. call it live. Right? Yeah. Exactly. What, tartar? That's raw meat. Yeah, it's just right? raw yeah, beef. Yeah, you can have yeah. a tartar pizza. Oh, God. That <laughs> sounds gross. Or they, could, or they could just be really big grubs that you put on there. They're still wiggling back and forth. Hey, I rut hate grubs. all of you. <laughs> 1d4 know. damage each round until it bursts. If any of our listeners you. come and listen to this, <laughs> you're giving them awful ideas. How dare you? We're helping. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. So, yeah. So, anyway, so you can check that out on your podcast catcher. Uh, it's Turtle Power Pod. Or, obviously, you can go on YouTube and look up Bassam and Cranny. And, yeah, that's it. Turtle Power or Patreon.com slash Turtle Power Pod is our actual website where we put updates and stuff. Okay, cool. And uh, you, you guys weekly? Yeah, every Yo. Tuesday morning. 6.30 a.m. It's funny. Hold your say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's when it's out for your it's morning not, drive. It's not right. always turtles, but it, we do something. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, excellent. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. We Thanks. really appreciate oh it. Oh, my Absolutely. God. Thank you so much, so much for having us. All right. Well, uh, the game for uh, this week was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by the incomparable Palladium System. There was also a movie of the same name, but that's less important. <laughs> um, for this week, I was Matthew. And I'm Dusty. And I'm Nathaniel. And I'm Bassam. I'm Cranny. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of our show. We're a new name in the enormous sea of podcasts and appreciate any feedback that you can send our way. If you like what you've heard, or even if you didn't, please leave us a review and let us know. Got a movie or a game that you want to hear us talk about? Drop us a comment on our website at havemovieswillgame.com or hit us up on any of the usual social networks. We'd love to hear from you. The opening theme music is Rock and Gravel by Sid Valentine's Patent Leather Kids, part of the public domain and found on publicdomain4u.com. Opening narration is provided by Isaac Scher. Half Movies Will Game is distributed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next week. Oh, geez, that's a lot of outtakes, guys. I don't know. It's too much bullshit. Uh, Marty, go listen to the podcast, Marty. We gotta go gotta shove away up your butt. Oh, God. Old granddad is not old good dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the show.